My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jakey and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 75 fight card. We're going to give you our picks, our predictions, our bets, our fantasy plays. Then we're going to take those videos, we're going to chop them up, we're going to tweet them to the fighters and ask them what they think of the breakdowns because we care about their opinions just as much as I'm sure they care about ours. But let's jump in. Before we talk about these fights, Jacob, I'm trying to give away money. I want to give these people money. I'll give every one of you $50. The only thing you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets, sign up with any one of our betting partners, make a deposit, and I send you 50 bucks. It's affiliate marketing, right? They're going to pay us. I'm going to break off a piece of that. I'm going to give it right back to you. You can then take your 50 bucks and become a premium member. Premium membership is only $10 a month. That's $2.50 a week. And you're going to get all sorts of stuff, including the safety parlay. It did miss last week. But Damn even it. with that... Even with that miss, it is up 20 Damn units it. overall, almost eight units on the year. You're also going to get all sorts of other information and tools like the line movement tracker. This week alone, we have five fighters that went from underdog to favorite on this card, and we have 16 total fighters that have had 20% movement on their line or more. Wild card. For the line movement tracker, you're going to get that. You're going to get the picks, the bets. You're also going to get detailed data metrics and analytics. So there's a lot here. It's more than just copy-paste bets. There's all sorts of tools, information, and stuff like that to help you find your own spots. It is only $10 a month. And our members are the most successful members in this space, period of end of story. We have tallied over $185,000 in winnings over the last, I don't know, five weeks? Yeah, five weeks, I believe. Four or five weeks. Well, there was a guy bragging on Twitter that his members made $26,000 combined in 2022. Wow, that's impressive for him because we had members who made 80 grand in a clip, 13 grand in one clip. And that motherfucker charges $150 a month. That's not even a a fucking lie. That's not even a fucking lie. It's absolutely insane. We've got nothing but tickets from premium members that they're sending to us to say, look what I did. Thank you for the help. Thanks for the insight. We have the sharpest premium members in the game. It is only $10 a month. You get everything you could ever imagine. There's nobody on this planet that offers what we offer, especially at this price point. We want picks.com. Click become a member. Before we break down this card, we got a whole bunch of super chats. Let's go ahead. Hell yeah, man. The support's been and unreal. We appreciate everyone that tunes in. If you're watching this video after the fact, make sure you like the video. Subscribe if you are new. And uh, we appreciate all the support. It's been a wacky, wild week for us. And uh, and I've been sick as well. So I still kind of feel bad. But damn it, I'm here toughing it out. And if that's not worth a like, I don't know what is. You know. Yeah, no quick picks from Jacob this week because he's just so – look how sick he looks. Look at I, put on the, I put on a happy face, and it's not really, I mean, in good nature to uh, make fun of somebody with a weakened immune system because of I am a cancer survivor, so. No, you have a weak immune system for a lot more reasons than just that. Anyway, Patrick, $10, a 10 spot saying, hope you guys had a good weekend. Let's say make some money this week. I had a great weekend. Had a nice little party at the house. That Jasmine Jazzadevicious pick sailed. Woo! So thank you very much for the. We $10. had a good we had, we had a good Friday night because I know a lot of we people. You were you were giving me shit all week about going to the party, going to the party. My plan the Which whole week was go to go the party to. and then go and then stream. And then I woke up Friday and I was like, uh oh, 
Still hung out Friday night. Toughed it out Friday night. We had a good time, me and you, in the hot tub. You know, it, it got late. You know, it got late. We got wrinkly. But uh, And then I woke up Saturday, and I was like, oh, shit, this is not not a good situation here. So couldn't go to the party, couldn't stream. Slept literally all day Sunday. But I'm here, man. I'm, I mean, there's nobody. I mean, there's nobody. Can you put that donation away real quick? Real quick? Don't be soft. And there's nobody harder <laughs> than me right now. You know what I mean? Uh, and Jacob and I did not go in the hot tub together. We went well, to Top Golf with you feel. like 12 other people. I don't know we have know. a $5 frunk. We have five francs from Frantum saying, how are you feeling, Jacob? And he feels great. He is hard as a rock, apparently. Thank you very much. We have a $20 super chat from Sam Pierce. Took down my first tournament last week, and I actually won two, and he's up 22 units. Thank you guys so much. WWP is the best ever. Mr. Salamander, hope you are feeling better. Thank you very much, Sam. This is what we're talking about. That that that's, uh, image I have with $185,000 in winnings over the... I don't just make that shit up. This is exactly how it happens. People tweet us. We have a whole channel in the Discord for premium members only to show their winning tickets. These guys are great. Sam, thank you so much for the super chat. Glad you made some money this weekend as well. And I think we're through it, Jakey. Boy, you ready to break down this card? Yeah, we appreciate everyone watching. Uh, and we'll see you next week. What? Oh, I thought you said we were done. Okay. Should we just, what if we just went boom, 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 do start picks and just end it at seven minutes, bam, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. That'd be the longest you've ever lasted. First up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have Modestus Bukaskis taking on Zach Pauga. Zach Pauga, 6-1 and one overall, 4-1 and one in his last five. He is coming off the decision win over Jordan Wright. He's taking on Modestus Bukaskis, who's 14-5 and five overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off his first UFC win after being cut two years ago. And Modestus is an interesting guy because he's a very versatile striker. He's dangerous on his feet. He tends to react, right? He's like a Chris Curtis instead of pushing the pace coming forward. He He's a counter striker. He does tend to react, which can sort of get him behind on scorecards and get him in a little bit of trouble. He does have the tools to be successful in the UFC, though. He's at a 71% takedown defense. And up until his last fight, we hadn't really seen takedowns. But now we know he has the offense as well. He's coming off a decision win over Tyson Pedro, where he looked really technical and made some early contact. He's taking on Zach Pauga. And this guy's always interesting to break down because the, the Zach before the UFC, the Zach during the UFC, are sort of different people, right? Before the UFC, he was a strong wrestler. He pumped his jab. He launched big overhands and then would shoot takedowns. The UFC version of him... Hasn't really attempted too many takedowns, certainly not in the Ultimate Fighter. And against um, Jordan Wright, he had a whole bunch of just like half-ass, went-nowhere fake attempts and ended up holding him against the cage the whole time. He actually is a solid fighter. He does have the tools as well, but he just... That last fight was very unimpressive. This is a guy that was supposed to win... What are you doing? Why are you pretending to be frozen? This was a guy that was supposed... Jesus Christ. Would you take like a gallon of NyQuil and now you're like a loopy mess? I wish, man. Be a lot more... Make this a lot more fun. Anyway. Just sitting here listening to you read your goddamn teleprompter. Zach Pauga should have blown through Jordan, right? But he didn't. He held him against the cage the whole time. and just couldn't get that done. And for that reason, I got to be on the Bukaska side. And this line movement is wild. 
went from minus 110 to minus 125. He basically went from a pick him to a two to one favorite. And I totally get he should be the favorite on Sunday when I did quick picks. He was plus 140. Underdog. No. Favorite. <laughs> but I wish he was an underdog because that's what I was sort of hoping would happen with the line movement. I was monitoring the line. I was hoping that Zach would take off. He's the popular pick. I was hoping people would say, oh, he used to be a heavyweight, and that's what would happen. But that's not what happened. People sort of see through it. Zach could 100% win this fight by holding Modestus against the cage for 15 minutes, but I do think Modestus is just going to be the much better striker, touch him up, avoid the cage, and win probably a boring decision. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed that breakdown. Modestus came in super, super short notice against Tyson Pedro. Kind of got a second life at his UFC life because he's been in the UFC before. You know, lost those fights, was out of the UFC. And you could see he really was determined and focused to make the best out of that opportunity. Looked great in that first round. As you mentioned, very, very technical. And then kind of slowed down. I'm going to chalk that up to the kind of the short notice. And I think that he was a little bit scared to blow his gas tank. So he didn't really push the way he should have pushed in that fight. Because you could see Tyson Pedro... Was was absolutely fading in that fight. He would have liked to see Modestus kind of push a little bit more to maybe try to chase a finish or kind of solidify those rounds a little bit more because he did do what he needed to do. But if he's going to keep that pace against a guy like Zach... He's probably going to end up losing the fight because Zach will push forward. He will just hold you against the cage. He had no issues just holding Jordan right. I mean, that was one of the most weird fights I've ever seen. But literally, it was just, I mean, he was just holding him. So, okay, if you don't want to move, I'm not going to move you. And uh, we'll just, I'll just win the fight like this. So, I do worry that Modestas might, you know, go back to the, you know, the way he used to fight, the way, you know, kind of get, okay, I got my UFC contract again. Is he going to stay as motivated to get that, you know, to as he was to get another contract? And uh, But he's definitely the better fighter here. He's the better overall fighter. He is the better striker. I think he's going to make the best out of his second opportunity, come in, throw some nice strike, defend the takedowns, get off the cage. He saw what happened in the Jordan Wright fight, circle off, get off the cage. And I'm not saying that Zach isn't a, a capable striker. He is a capable striker, but Modesta should be the faster striker the more tactical striker. And I could see if he really wants to lay on volume and, and really kind of work his striking and try to make a statement that he belongs to the UFC, I could see him maybe trying to find a finish second, third round, laying on the volume, wearing down a guy like Zach who wants to clinch, wants to have a slow fight. So if I'm Modestus, you know, pump it out there, pump it out there, throw the volume and look for a finish late second, late third. But, you know, this at, at this point, it's not worth the play, in my mind. I mean, minus 195, it's gotten way, way out of control. Modestus, he is good, but I don't trust him that much. So if you got it early, you know, God bless you, but he is the pick. It's one of those kind of wait and see. Let's see if he really kind of turned the page on his career. But, you know, Modestus is my pick. Oh, I completely agree. And Zach has all the tools to win this fight. Uh, my only issue with Zach is he's sort of just slow-paced because he is athletic. He can come forward. Before the UFC, he's shooting takedowns and working that. In the UFC, that doesn't seem to be his game plan, or maybe it's just another level of, of opponent, and he can't really get that done. But, I mean, there's there's light years of difference in experience here. I think that's the difference. Um, web guy Josh hates the Bukaskis pick. He loves Pauga. He thinks Pauga's, like, so freaking good. So, we'll see what happens. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, you don't want to get an angry text from him. No, I respect his opinion for sure. <laughs> no, but, but I think um, I agree. No bet here. The line is insane. Zach Pouger could absolutely win this fight just literally with 
athletic cage control. So not yeah, maybe if he me. comes in and, and gets him to the cage and gets him down early, it's going to be like a uh oh moment, especially the people that spent the yeah. one ninety five on on Bukaskis. No, yeah. I mean, how do you that, say his last name? People are like making fun of how you say last thing, his last name. I don't know. It's spelled Bukowskis. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, $7,200 in DraftKings for Zach Pauga. $9,000 for Bukowskis. $9,000, no shot. That, that money should not be spent. $7,200, that actually might be worth it. Just literally that cage control. That's control time. And that adds up. So... That seventy two hundred might be something you want to look at, but absolutely, that nine thousand is total fade. Total fade. Do you agree, Jakey boy? I agree with ninety five percent of everything you said. Thank you so much. Look at this. Thank you so much. Anyway, guys, become a premium member. We own picks.com. You'll unlock everything, including the line movement tracker. So right now, Bukaskis is at minus one ninety five. Well, if you checked it the other day, it was at. Minus 120, 30, 50, 60, all the way up to You can see that movement. You can see the progression. And if you wanted to be on his side and maybe at minus 120, it made sense. You could have gotten there instead of waiting to find out on a Tuesday night that he's minus 195 and not worth it. We on picks.com, $10 a month and unlocks literally everything. And it gets me closer to Brazil. I've already put a deposit down on a place. We're almost there. We just need probably about 5,000 more members. <laughs> we'll be right there. Well, that's, I mean, it's we have cool. many. I mean, we the way we're sev- trending. Several I mean, thousand Jesus already. Christ, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. We haven't been doing this a full year. We've been doing the show for, we haven't been doing premium membership for even a full year. And we have over 2,000 members. So. <laughs> it's going well. We appreciate every single one of you. Every it's not, single. It, it is not lost on us. Oh, 100%. How, how incredible the support has been. You know so. what? And just a quick, I'll get you back, Joe. Hold on. When it first, when we first started doing premium members, uh, and I would get the alerts on my phone, like we got a new one, we got a new one, we got a new one. Every single one that came through, I was like, I cannot believe this is working. And even today on Saturdays, Saturdays are by far like it takes off. Fridays are pretty busy as well. On Fridays and Saturdays, when I just see all of those signups coming through, it's just like I, I literally just sit there. I can't believe. This is crazy. It's crazy that this is. Well, I don't think it's crazy so. because we put out the best product. So you might think it's crazy, but to me, it's uh, it's what should happen. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Ten dollars super chat from Joey T. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting on? Join now. I can easily promise anyone who's not one yet, you won't regret it. My life has easily changed. We got Joey T. A girlfriend. Best. We got, not only did we get him a girlfriend. We got Joey T a, uh, a DraftKings win. The money came in. The girl came after. That's how it typically goes. If you guys want girlfriends, because I know nobody in the chat right now has a girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want girlfriends, you got to make the money to get the girls. We all know how. I mean, I know what I look like, so I definitely know what everyone in the chat looks like. <laughs> you guys are not going to get a girl unless you get money. The best way to get money is uh, let's become premium members. Get me to Brazil, and uh, I'll bring you guys down to Brazil. You get you have um, money in Brazil. I mean, that's the plan. That's the goal, baby. <laughs> Joey T, uh, you could ask him. He won over sixty thousand dollars as a premium member in DraftKings. Uh, let's scroll that way down. We have another one from Quint. Two dollars super chat from Quint. He's up eleven units for UFC two eighty nine. Oh, premium happy birthday, Quint! Way. 
And I'm glad you're up. I was down 63 cents on my straight bets. Jacob was up a little bit. Oh. Safety parlay was a was a bit of a drag. Lock Let's of the week ahead. was almost about to get a knockout. Right there. That's what he I does. Mean, he holy backs up, shit, loses. you could see it coming. I mean, everyone watching that Chris Curtis fight was like, oh my God, here it comes. Here it comes. Here comes the big left hook. And the Imavov was like, fuck that. And if Chris Tyone was there refing that fight, he would have shot Imavov fucking dead in his tracks for that. <laughs> they weren't even considering taking a point away from Imavov. That, <laughs> Chris Tyone would have fucking took that dude out like the Italians do. You know what I mean? I do not know what you mean. Like the Gaddies, baby. Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we have a battle of the grapplers. We have Dan Argueta taking on Ronnie Lawrence. Dan Argueta, 9-1 overall. He is 4-1 in his last five, coming off that dominant win over Nick Aguirre. He's taking on Ronnie Lawrence, 8-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five, coming off that dominant loss to Side Kebab I- Kakramanov. What did you just call he- him? I, that's, I can never get his... What's his first name? Saeed Yokub. Saeed Yokub. So I, we did... Last time we broke down his fight, Saeed, as you all know... Did, did you say Sideshow Bob know, or something? That's what he said. So uh, as you all know, every time we break down fighters, we clip it, we put it on Twitter, we tag him in it, usually positive feedback. Some, and we've been doing that for years. Years. And sometimes the more insecure people will lash out, but that's what we do. We don't talk about people behind their backs. That's the coward's way out. Anyway, Sayod Yukub quoted Said Yukub quoted it and retweeted it. And he was like, Did this dude just call me Sideshow Bob? Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's everybody. We've had so many of those there. like just absolutely positive interactions with fighters. It's incredible. Oh, 100%. Anyway, it's a battle of the grapplers. Dan Argueta, he's short, he's stocky, he's thick. He will come running across the cage, wrap you up, and muscle you to the ground. He's got solid pressure, and when he's on top, there's almost no space. You're not scrambling out. You're not really sweeping. There's almost no space for you to do anything, and he wants to ground and pound. He's not really chasing submissions. He just wants to take you down, beat you up, and he has enough energy to do that for a very long time. He's taking on Ronnie Lawrence. Ronnie Lawrence, also a very good wrestler. He shoots, he reshoots very often. He's athletic, he's got solid footwork, he uses leg kicks really well, and his takedown numbers are insane. He's averaging more than seven takedowns per 15 minutes, which is insanely high, but if you remember, all that really means is he can't hold anybody down. If if you're going to a decision and you're getting more than three takedowns, that means people are standing up on you, let alone averaging seven per fight. He does have a 77% accuracy on those takedowns, though. But he is coming off that loss to Kokromanov where he was taken down 10 times himself. And the easy narrative would be, well, Ronnie Lawrence just fought a wrestler and got out-wrestled, right? That's the easy narrative. And that is exactly what happened. The way Kokromanov wrestles and the way Argueta wrestles is a little different. And Ronnie Lawrence has showed us that he is an absolute dog in a fight. When he fought, um, who's that Asian kid he fought? Hit like a truck. I don't know. Come on. It's not in your notes. (sighs) It is not. Um, uh, Manta? Mata? Nope. Uh, You'll get there. You'll look it up for me. Come on, Jamie. Anyway, that's the easy narrative. But we have seen him. Asian. You talking about Mana? Mano yeah. Martinez? Martinez, Mexican. He looks Asian. Um, oh, here we go again. He's got the dark, silky hair, like light-skinned. Um, anyway. Stereotypes. Here we go. I still do think 
that Tanner Great is going to win this fight. I don't think this is going to be as insanely dominant as Kakramanov was, but I do think if you can pressure Ronnie with a wrestling pace, he has a much harder time backing up than he does have coming forward. So Dan Argueda is also tough. He has very, very good BJJ defense, and he has high pressure. He will come forward, shoot, 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 shoot. So very low confidence pick, but I do think Dan Argueda gets it done, and a lot of people sort of agree with me. This dude opened at a plus four. I know I disagree underdog. with that. I don't know where you're seeing that. The odds or the yeah, I see minus open at minus one fifty, moved to minus one eighty. Well, we have a guy that does all this data. Who's minus one eighty? Oh, oh, Ronnie Lawrence. But I don't yeah, but see anything that opened at minus five fifty. There's no chance in fucking hell Ronnie okay. Lawrence opened at a minus five fifty after I'll getting steamrolled by Saeed Yoku. Well, I will ask Josh, our data guy, where he got that from because he's and the slap one his fucking up. wrist for even suggesting that. Hold on, I'll tell you right now, you useless bitch. Where, no um, hold on, minus 150, minus 195. I'll find out. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing minus 220, but we'll find out. Anyway, the point is, and if you ever shit on our product again, you will be fired immediately. You think um, so? The, the point is. You want to test that? I was talking to Josh. Oh. Um, That's what I thought. <laughs> the point is, I think Dan can come forward, wrestle hard, and get it done. In a close fight. What do you think, Jakey Boy? I was actually surprised. When I was breaking down this fight, so when I, I obviously we've gone through this before, but I think we both do the same thing. We break down fights. We, we kind of decide who we think is going to win the fight, and then we look at the odds. We don't let the odds kind of uh, affect of how we are viewing the fight, which I think is how everyone should break down the fight. By the way, there's people that are charging for picks that, ulti- that, uh, that are admitting online that they don't even watch the fights. I saw that on Twitter too. Somebody that guy charges that charges one hundred and fifty dollars. It that. was like, goes, oh, I, I can't believe people things. actually watch the fights. I just go off by what I think. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, we watch fights. I, I literally sit down every single Sunday and for hours and hours and watch fights. And when I was watching this fight, I thought to myself, holy shit, I might be able to get Ronnie Lawrence as an underdog in this fight because I thought that people were going to see Dan in his last fight, wrestle, 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 dominate the grappling. They would see Saeed Yokub taking down Ronnie over and over again, and they would try to play that MMA math where, okay, Dan was getting takedowns, Ronnie was getting taken down, so Ronnie should be the underdog in this fight. And I was actually kind of surprised that he was the favorite when I checked the odds on Sunday or Monday, whatever it was. But I think he should be the favorite because the, the level of competition that Dan was wrestling against compared to Ronnie, and then the level of competition that Ronnie was wrestling against compared to Dan, I, I think his head and shoulders above each other. This is going to be a back-and-forth fight. I, I have no question in my mind that Dan's going to be in Ronnie's face, might be able to get a takedown or two because Ronnie can't get taken down. But when, it com- when push comes to shove you know in the striking Ronnie is the better striker he's the more dynamic striker he is the better striker in this matchup Dan Argetta is kind of that stiff just kind of holds his hands out like this and he just kind of punches like a rock'em sock'em robot with his kind of chin out there just to kind of get to the takedowns where Ronnie is kind of comfortable in the striking exchanges and Ronnie is going to make you work even if you get him taken down if you're you, he take he gets taken down. Oh, this monster is hitting fucking hard right now. Even yeah. if he gets taken down, he's going to make it work. Saeed Yoku was working, working, working. So I think even if he gets taken down, he's going to be able to get back to his feet. And then he's going to return the takedowns. And I think he has better top control with the takedowns than Dan in this fight. I think that's what it comes down to is two things. He's the better striker. 
So if this turns into one of those weird two grapplers that turns into a striking match, he's going to dominate the striking. But when it comes to the wrestling, even if it gets taken down, I trust him to be able to get back to his feet and return the takedowns and have better control in this fight. And I think that's why he is the favorite. I, I just believe that he is a better kind of free-flowing MMA grappler rather than just kind of a pure wrestler. I think Dan Argetta is more just kind of a stationary, pure wrestler, get-you-down um, type situation. So I'm, I'm kind of all in on, on Ronnie Lawrence here. I wish I could have got him at a little bit better value, but I think these odds are correct, and I think that he should be able to win this fight. They're both tough dudes. I mean, I have no disrespect for either one of these guys. Both very, very tough. I think this could easily go, you know, kind of that over two and a half that it set, and um, we'll see how it plays out, but Ronnie's a play for me. I definitely think this goes over the two and a half. I'm on the other side, but I mentioned my pick was a low-confidence pick. Regarding the odds, we have confirmed. I texted you. Go look at your effing text. Wow. Um, it was bet online. They were the first book to market. They opened him at minus 550. He is now minus 180. And you're not going to see that on Best Fight Odds because Best Fight Odds doesn't pull bet on lines anymore. So there's your screenshot. Do me a favor and go choke on your own genitalia. There's, there is no shot in hell that anyone okay. on the face of the earth has a betting ticket on Dan Argetta. Of course not. Of course not. That's why it collapsed on itself. But that's where it opened. And then everybody hit the other side, and the line collapses, and that's what line movement is, Jacob. No, I'm saying if it collapsed, that means people would have betting slips at Dan Argetta. Nobody has a betting slip of Dan Argetta plus 300 or more. Tweet it at me Let's if you find do. out. Tweet, yeah, with your phone number. $7,500 in DraftKings, $8,700 in DraftKings. I think you just sort of pick your side here. I think this is a super close fight. Whoever gets the wrestling going is going to be the one to get it done. I think Dan Argetta gets the wrestling going. I like him at $7,500 to do that. A uh, couple of takedowns sort of makes a difference. I like the short, stocky physicality of just nonstop coming forward. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, the, the one thing that's really going to add up in this fight for somebody is reversals and sweeps, which I think are five points as well in DraftKings. I think there's going to be a lot of those. Not only is it takedowns, but if you get a reversal, sweep, stuff like that, those are going to add up as well because there's going to be a lot of scrambles in this situation. So I think whoever wins this fight is going to score really, really well. I agree, and I... It, it, I don't feel strong. Like, I think Dan Argueta wins, but I'm not going to argue with anybody. Ronnie Lawrence is I a wouldn't dog. Argue we, watched, we watched him be a dog against uh, Mana Martinez, a nice Mexican fellow from Houston, Texas. And uh, that Someone kind said, of dog. Someone did say he's half, half Asian, I think. He so is. You, you could I, be right. No, I know I am right. Cause I, that could have been the first I, time you've ever been right on a situation <laughs> like that. Well, I was also right about Jasmine Jasmine DeVicious being the better wrestler in a fight that would involve well, wrestling. I think, uh, so, I think we both were. So. Yeah, but I'm right a solid four days before you are. Become a premium member, and I promise you the line movement tracker is correct. We have verified data from multiple sources. We own picks.com, $10 a month. Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have who at one point was the second largest favorite on this card. It was Armin Sarukian, Teresa Blada. And she is taking on... Oh, uh, I Gavin. thought it was Ronnie Lawrence. You just got done telling me it was Ronnie Lawrence. I'm talking about, like, the last two days. Not the opening line. Like, the last two days. Well, there's something going on here, guys. You're the absolute worst. Anyway, Teresa Bleda is taking on Gabriela Fernandez. Teresa Bleda, 6-1 and one overall, 4-1 and one in her last five. She is coming off the knockout loss. To Natalia Silver in her UFC debut. She's taking on Gabriela Fernandez. She's 8-2 overall. 4-1 in her last five. And she's coming off the grappling heavy loss to Jasmine Jazzy Teresa Bleda 
is a determined grappler. She's going to come forward. She's going to work for a takedown. She's not desperate about it, right? She'll stand. She'll strike with you while moving forward. But as soon as you're comfortable or you throw a kick, you take a bad angle step, she's going to shoot in and she's going to get you to the ground. She's got great control on top. She's very methodical. And while she is a good grappler, she's much more dangerous on top than she is on bottom. And she's coming off that loss to Natalia Silver, where she did have a takedown, a handful of submission attempts, but... She got stopped in the third. She's taking on Gabriela Fernandez. Gabriela just fought a few months ago. Sort of a quick turnaround here. She's a powerful striker. She's big. She's strong. She's fast. She's technical. She has solid striking and solid BJJ. Her problem is she doesn't really have much of a get-up game, and her takedown defense is not very good. So Jasmine Jazzadavicious came in here, just out-wrestled the hell out of her, and Gabriela was almost just comfortable on bottom. Like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll, let me work my jiu-jitsu here. And obviously it went absolutely nowhere. She gave up four takedowns and controlled for 11 minutes. Listen, Teresa Bleda is good, but she's young. She's only 21 years old, and Gabriela Fernandez is a good striker. She was plus 235 on Sunday when I broke this down. She's now plus 210, so the line tightened just a little bit. And I think the line is wide. Like, there's a very obvious path for Teresa. Wrestle her. We just watched Jasmine do it. Come forward and wrestle her. But she is young, and she can get a little wild with the wrestling, a little wild with her submission attempts. And Gabriella hits hard and is a very, very good striker. Teresa Bleda should absolutely win this fight because the path is so clear. And we literally just watched it. The line's starting to correct itself a little bit. Potentially, Gabriella Fernandez inside the distance decision, no action here. Because we know how tough she is. We know she can avoid getting submitted. We know she can hang out on bottom and get beat up by a good wrestler. So that might be a bet that I place here because Gabriella is going to be the one who hits harder. Gabriella is going to be the better striker and we can get a 21 year old that gets a little little excited a little anxious and uh sort of makes a mistake later in the fight what do you think Jakey boy yeah I mean you, you kind of nailed the analysis the one thing I will mention here is that you know Blada did take down Natalia Silva which is a very hard yes. person to take down a very strong person that's also good off their back good with sweeps she ended up did getting swept um you know one or once or twice something like that she was able to get the takedowns and the thing that I like about this that kind of put me on her a little bit more is when I watched that Jasmine fight against Gabriella. Gabriella is a big, strong girl. And when Jasmine was working takedowns at like body lock situations, when she was just trying to get double underhooks and just kind of trying to drag and physically drag Gabriella to the ground, she was really struggling because Gabriella can just kind of posture up, get a nice strong base. She's a tall girl and just kind of hold her ground. So if Blada was one of those people, which there's a lot of females that come in and they get takedowns with either those stupid fucking headlock takedowns or those arm drag. Everything is like upper body with most females when it comes to takedowns. A lot of judo type stuff. If she was that type of wrestler, I'd be like red flag. Uh oh, stay away from her in this fight. But when she wrestles, she wrestles. I mean, she shoots singles. She shoots doubles. She runs the pipe. She's dragging people down on the ground. She she actually does that. And when you saw Jasmine finally shooting actual takedowns, when she was shooting single legs on Gabriella, man, those things were absolute. Oh, that, oh. Okay. Okay. I didn't know. Okay. Here we go. I'll get hot now. I'm about to. Let's see a little flex, baby. What Let this? them know. Let the Twitter folks know. Jesus Christ. Look at that day. You were cruise ready, baby. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. You that Let's white go. that that tight white t-shirt in the pool was fucking popping. 
Um, but yeah, the, the, when Jasmine finally shot like an actual takedown, it was very, very easy. So I think Blada is going to be able to get the takedowns. So single legs, running the pipe, the double, whatever it is. As long as she is trying to do actual takedowns, I think it will be easy. If she comes in, you know, and, and Gabrielle is able to, you know, uh, make her level go up to a body lock and defend some takedowns. We did see Blada get tired and then Natalia Silva fight. So there is a situation where if she comes in and can't get the takedowns, she probably will get tired. When she gets tired, she gets hit in the face. And you do not want Gabriella hitting you in the face, especially late in the fight. So I think Blada can come in, get the takedown. She is going to be my pick. I don't think she's going to have any issues, can get that top control. I don't know if she's going to get a finish or submission or anything like that, but I think she shouldn't have any issues. But this is one of those things. Maybe let's wait and see. You know, let's let's not spend the minus 300 on Blada quite yet. She's probably a better DraftKings play than a betting play. Um, if you want to sprinkle, I guess, in parlays, you know, Jesus Christ, you know. There's 14, I mean, there's 13 other fights. You know, you don't have to press money and force money on a girl like Blada. She should be able to get it done, but Gabrielle's a big girl, and she hits hard. So the pick is Blada, but, you know, I'm, I'm staying away from my money. There's there's better places to be. Yeah, no, I hear you. I agree with you. I do like that inside a distance decision, no action bet. I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'll keep an eye on that huh? because I'll get, I'll get plus money on that for oh, Gabriella. Gabriella. Oh, I think I she thought, can avoid being taking, submitted. Yeah, I thought you were taking yeah. that. I was like, oh, shit. No, 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 it'll be plus money. She could avoid being submitted. Well, and I'll I check think her. She... Yeah, why don't you go ahead and check for us? Uh, I can't. It's hard for me to read right now. I'm pretty juiced up. Okay. Not as juiced as this, baby. <laughs> That's what you think, huh? That explains the aggression for sure. Short it is uh, plus 170. That's good money. And anybody yeah. doesn't know what that anybody doesn't know what that bet is, if Gabriella wins by finish, I would get paid at plus 170. If she loses a decision, just like her last fight, I get a full refund. That bet never happened. I've I may had, go ahead. I have like four of those this week, by the way. I Become saw a premium you member. I like them. I like them. Yes. Become a premium member. Link the Discord. You will get alerts to your phone instantly when we place these bets. And in a card like this, when the line goes crazy, you want to get those alerts. You want to get those bets. You want to hit that immediately. We don't pick the comments for ten dollars a month. You mentioned DraftKings. Teresa Blade at ninety five hundred dollars. Second most expensive fighter on this card. That's a lot of money. And uh, man, if it's the Jasmine fight all over again, meaning if she just beats Gabriella the same way Gabriella just lost, she's worth that $9,500. So she might actually be worth it. It's such a hard, she might be worth that because it could be takedown, 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 takedown. So I don't know. I'm probably not going to do it because um, uh, it should be, should she, is, be my lineup. she is very young. But uh, I'd rather have I'd rather have Armin honestly in my line. Well, we'll talk about that. How much is he? Ninety six. Um, yeah, probably. And he's Fuck most likely going to finish. Because then you have no money left. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, Angel doesn't know how to pick on the dogs. Next up at UFC Vegas seventy five, we have Zalgas Zumagulov. With the new haircut taking on Felipe Bunes, Zalgas and Zumagulov, 14 and 8. Overall, 1 and 4 in his last five. He is riding a three fight skate. He's taking on UFC newcomer Felipe Bunes. Felipe is 13 and it's 6 uh, overall. Bunes or Bunes. I think it's Bunes or something like that. That's how you pronounce it. So you it. corrected me and you weren't even sure what it was. Awesome. Well, I know it's not Bunes. He's. <laughs> 
Felipe Boons. We got Zalga Zumagula versus Felipe Boons. You confusing me for Tiffany, Tiffany in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 13 and 6 overall. Three and two in his last five, and he is making his UFC debut. Felipe Boons is a BJJ black belt with very slick submissions. He's always looking for something on the ground, and he is insanely fast in transitions and scrambles. He's not a BJJ nerd. He'll engage, he'll strike, he'll shoot actual proper takedowns. He loves throwing sort of straights and then overhand rights and transitioning into wrestling. If you take him down, just be prepared to scramble because this dude is going to be throwing up submission after submission. He's taking on Zalgas. Zalgas, as you remember, was supposed to fight a little while ago. He became a sensation overnight. This dude was like a boring guy. Nobody really liked him. Not a lot of positive energy coming from the fan base. He changes his haircut and then is like the most popular MMA fighter for like two weeks. It was insane. That all people could do was make memes and talk about it. And good for him because he leaned into it. That's what his entire Instagram feed became. And good for him. The guy literally reinvented himself by putting a bowl on his head and just cutting across. It was absolutely insane. It's crazy how many fighters (laughs) don't understand how easy it is to just market yourself. And that's the most important thing as a fighter. If nobody cares about you, nobody the, the, the company doesn't care about you. If nobody cares about you, you got to do something, man. And in this case, it was a quick-ass haircut for a guy that was one and four in his Pimble. last five. Yeah. It's absolutely insane the popularity he got from that. And good for him because he has had some tough breaks. He's one and four in his last five, but they're quality losses. And some of them are just straight-up bullshit decisions. That loss to uh, Charles Johnson... He was the minus 1,200 favorite at the end of the fight. A minus, which means, anybody new here doesn't understand what the odds are, at the end of the fight, before they read the judge's scorecard, right, before it was all tallied up, you could still bet on the fight. You would have to bet $1,200 on Zalgas to win 100 in profit. That's how sure Vegas was he was going to win, and then boom, the dude lost a bad decision. And that's just the story of his career. And it's because of his style. He's a grinding fighter. He comes forward, sort of holds you against the cage, looks to wrestle. Not like an amazingly dominant wrestle, but it's just sort of always, he looks desperate even when he isn't. But he is a good fighter. He does have solid wrestling. He does have some decent striking. He's genuinely or generally pretty tough guy. And he's always going to come forward. I think he wins this fight. A lot of people are going to disagree here. How, Sway? I think he's going to come forward. I think he's going to grind. I think he can hold Felipe against the cage, potentially get a takedown or two, and avoid the submissions. He's a solid grapple. I don't see him getting uh, submitted. And Felipe is sort of a fast, wild striker, but I don't think he has that just insane one-punch power. Obviously, we've seen him get some stoppages. You watch the regional tape. But Zalgas fighting the level of competition he's been fighting, taking on Felipe in the level of competition he's been fighting. I'm on the Zalgas side. I did throw a small little half a unit on him. I got it at minus 150. The line is yo-yoing. So I got it at minus 150. I threw a unit for me is 100 bucks. I threw 50 bucks on him. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the haircut. I'm buying into the hype. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I, I love Zalgas. I mean, they, I think everyone loves Zalgas. I think most people are going to be rooting for Zalgas in this fight because he, he he is deserving of a win. You know, I, I, I almost wish that the UFC kind of set him up for a win. In this situation, uh, he is not being set up for a win because Felipe Boons is no 
Joe, this is not a guy that's like some 24-year-old Brazilian that hasn't fought anyone. It's making his UFC debut. And we're kind of going to see, is he real? Is he fake? This guy is no joke. I mean, this guy's got experience. This guy is very, very well-rounded. A very, very good kickboxer. A good striker. I agree, not a lot of power in his hands. But he is very fast with his hands. Fast with his kicks. His takedown timings are absolutely incredible, and his control and his aggression in the grappling is 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 like the, one of the fastest things. The way he is able to scramble and transition and get people's backs is absolutely insane. And if you look at his record and you go back through, he had three losses in a row. This dude went over to Russia and was just getting out-wrestled by all these Russians, losing decisions. He found a couple arm bars in those uh, kind of situations. Actually, in his last fight in the ACA, he actually was winning the grappling exchanges, then won an arm bar. And I think that helped him. Because he, he learned how to wrestle. Now his wrestling base is actually very, very strong. Not only is his defensive wrestling, but his offensive wrestling. And the thing I, that, that sets me off the most. First of all, his split win two fights ago was a dominant win. That was a 30-27, 30-27, 28-29 decision. He was like actually kind of laughing when they read the judges' scorecards. He dominated that fight. But against Formiga, and we know who Formiga is. He came in, UFC veteran, fought the toughest guys. as tough as I think he's got a split loss to Cejudo. I mean, he's, he's fought the best of the best. He came in in that first round, had uh, Formiga on his back, reverse position, was on top of Formiga in the second round. He gets his back taken. He is getting choked out. You see the toughness in Felipe and his I don't give a fuck attitude when he had that rear naked choke. I've never seen a deeper rear naked choke locked in and the guy did not get tapped out or choked out for like 20 seconds. The way he was still fighting through that trying to find ways, and this guy is, I am going to pass out before I tap out, because that's exactly what happened, he ended up getting choked out by a very formidable opponent in Formiga, but when I'm looking at this fight, I don't know how Zogus wins, I mean, if he if, if he's just pushing just crazy pace, and just kind of holding, and holding against the cage, but Felipe's not a guy that you can hold against the cage, he will get off the cage, or he will throw up flying triangles, he will do what he needs to do to get in better positions, this guy, I'm telling you right now, that this guy is not a guy that's going to come in, look young, get steamrolled, especially by a guy who I think we both agree is not dangerous, I mean, Zogus is just not a dangerous fighter, he's not dangerous with his hands, he's not dangerous, with submissions, he just can needs, needs to grind out fights, and against a guy like Felipe, that's a tough, tough, tough ask, because this guy is good on the feet, it's good offensive wrestling, good defensive wrestling, he is dangerous absolutely everywhere, and I think he's going to get this fight done, and unfortunately for Zalgis, I think this is the last UFC fight. I think Felipe is good, I think he could win this fight, but... Uh... How do you think Zogus wins? I mean, I, that's like a, not, that's like an asshole you. question, think, but it's... No, no, a, I, I mean, told you. I think he comes forward. I think it's a lot of cage control, and I think he gets But you think he can just kind of... submissions. Like, just hold on the hips and just hold them against yes. the cage, and then maybe slowly actually, get a takedown? I would actually prefer he holds him against the cage and then full-blown take him down. That's probably... Yeah, I agree. I think that's... I literally think that's his only path to victory. It's just kind of like we but saw Zach Payoga against yeah. Jordan Wright. That's what he needs to do. But against Felipe, you want, Felipe does not just get, I mean, that, that guy does not get held against the cage. I mean, he just does not, he's not one of those fighters, man. That guy is all business. He is there to finish fights and fuck people up. And Zalgis is, uh, he this might get is finished a funny, in this one, man. This is a funny narrative. Bunes is Divison, Fari, Figueredo's training partner. That, everybody said all that same bullshit 
with what's his name two weeks ago, and that went absolutely fucking nowhere. Who? Your underdog. Who's the, who? Uh, we all liked him. Yeah, that he's uh, he's the training partner of. Uh, oh my god, my brain is a mess. Uh, who's the dude that beat Piotr Jan? He's wearing. Uh, oh, he just wearing... rolled with Mirab for a little bit. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! Rolled with Mirab for a little bit. The whole thing was he's Mirab's number one training partner. Nah, he so was that... getting him ready for the Piotr Jan no, fight, but. Anyway, lost that fight because you know, Chris Tyone took a point. So I don't. That's not kind of a bad example. He was rolling in just, that fight. I just, uh, you know, I don't. I don't think it's uh, as easy as hey, he trains with this guy, so he wins. No, I agree. I mean, that's. I don't. You can't just copy and paste that and say, oh, he trains with Figgy, so then he's just going to dominate Zogus. He's his own person. But this, I mean, this dude is. <laughs> this dude's mean, dude. This dude's mean and fast. And when he saw, I don't know if you saw, he is that, fast. Those when he scrambles. was getting choked out by Formiga, and he was like. I mean, that thing was deep, and he's still just kind of working, fighting hands, and then he just... Like, I'm not going to fucking tap out. <laughs> Fuck tapping out. I love that shit. That's me, too. I'm going to tap. I'm going to pass out before that's, I tap that's out. That's me, too. Kids never grappled. That's him, too. $7,700 in DraftKings. I imagine you're spending that. Mm-hmm. $8,500 in DraftKings. I will not spend that. I actually uh, you know, I have the half a unit bet on Zalgas at minus 150. I'm not going to spend the $8,500 in DraftKings as well. I'm not going to be double exposed there. Because if he wins, it is boring and it is likely uh, not the highest scoring fight. But if you want to see all of Jacob's bets on this card, including the sneaky ones he's got on Felipe here and some others, we own picks.com, $10 a month. You unlock literally everything. Picks, bets, the tools, the information. DraftKings Optimizer, it builds lineups for you. And as you saw earlier, we have had a community with $50,000 wins, $78,000 wins, $60,000 wins, and then a whole bunch of 15s, 20s, and stuff like that. We on Picks.com, $10 a month. Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have another big line movement fight. We have Carlos Hernandez taking on Denise Bondar. Carlos Hernandez, 8-2 overall, 4-1 in his last five years, coming off that submission loss to Alan Nascimento. Dennis Bonnar is 16-4 overall, 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off that freak injury about a year ago. And Carlos Hernandez, he's a grappler. He's got okay striking, and his striking is that the accuracy. He's got some deceiving power. He isn't the most technically sound guy, though, but he's had a nice jab, and then he's got a straight right that follows. He's another one of these guys that has really slick BJJ, but doesn't have the wrestling to really dictate where that's going to go. He's going to take shots, but they're usually stuffed. And then he ends up working an upper body sort of scramble type takedown, trying to make something happen. He has been known to throw up some Hail Mary submissions like flying triangles. And he is coming out of that submission loss to Alan Nascimento, where he was insanely hittable. He got blasted, dropped, and then Alan pounced. He's taking on Dennis Bodnar. Dennis Bodnar is wild. This guy comes charging forward. He wings punches in all directions. He drops to your legs. He picks you up. He dumps you down. On the ground, he does have submissions, but they're really, they're basics. And that's, I'm saying that in a good way, right? He's mastered the basics. Arm bars, triangles, things like that. Head and arms. He's not going crazy. He's not... He's not going crazy. He's not doing anything unreasonable. It's just really sticking to the basics. You're going to see he's coming off a TKO loss. It was a freak injury. The dude literally broke his elbow in a scramble. This line tightened quite a bit. Dennis was minus 200 favorite. He's now minus 130 favorite. This is a recent addition to the card, but it was recent for both of them. 
I don't know why the UFC just sort of slapped this on the card a couple of weeks ago, but they did. Neither one of them was already on it, so I don't know what kind of shape these guys are going to be in, but let's assume they're both in solid shape. And I like Dennis Bodnar in this fight. I think uh, I was hoping to get underdog money on him. I was hoping people uh, or the odds makers would just look at Carlos and look at the aggressive grappling and stuff like that, but we did not get underdog money on Dennis Bondar. The line is tightening. Maybe it'll continue tightening and flip. If it does, I'll hit it because I think Dennis can get this done. I think he's got the, obviously he's got worlds of experience. He's got phenomenal wrestling so he can dictate if this stays standing or if this goes to the ground. And I think he has a submission defense to survive. So I like Dennis Bodnar here. Minus 130 is solid. I'm going to keep an eye on it and see if I can get even better value there. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I got better value than that. I've become a pre-member and see what I got. I mean, you can't get what I got, but I, I think I got him at minus 111 or something like that, which is a surprise to me because, again, when I break down these fights, I don't look at odds, and I thought that he was really going to be a big favorite. He came into the UFC a very highly touted prospect as a minus, I think it was like a minus 230 versus Malcolm Gordon, who I know people don't like Malcolm Gordon, but he's a formidable guy. He hits like a truck, can scramble, and in that fight you saw Bondar was kind of out-scrambled. I mean, that's why he snapped his arm in half because he was trying to po he was trying to post and get out of a tough position because Malcolm was kind of out-grappling him in that situation. But that tells you how highly people thought that he was coming to the UFC. And the only thing that really changed was he broke his arm, and that was a year ago, but that was, I mean, and I don't even know, did he actually break it? I think he just kind of dislocated it. Anyway, it was over a year ago, so it's not like he came in and got absolutely steamrolled. Yeah, he was kind of getting out-grappled in those tight positions, but you could see he was working through those positions, and, you know, kind of the way Malcolm Gordon fights go, he probably wasn't going to end up winning that fight, and now you're getting a, a, a 230 favorite against a guy like Malcolm Gordon against a guy that's not as dangerous as Malcolm Gordon, Carlos Hernandez, in my mind. I don't think he can hit like Malcolm Gordon. I don't think he's going to be as aggressive in the offensive wrestling offensive grappling as a guy like Malcolm Gordon and you're getting him at a value at minus 130 I got him at like minus 111 that seemed kind of crazy to me because Carlos Hernandez does is susceptible to getting takedown he's cleaned up a little bit added some offensive wrestling to his game as well but Bondar is going to lose to somebody who is able to either out wrestle him or out scramble him like Malcolm Gordon was or is able to land big power shots because he does get a little bit wild in the striking. He's not a very good striker. So if you can land big power shots, you're going to be able to put him away or at least kind of deter him in that fight from shooting the takedowns. And honestly, I don't think Carlos is either one of those guys. I think it's a very, very good matchup for a guy like Bondar. I think he's able to come in, get the takedowns he needs and look like that big prospect that everyone thought he was coming in that Malcolm Gordon fight. So I was actually surprised. I thought that Bondar was, I thought that this was almost kind of set up for him and the odds would reflect that. Minus 200, minus 250 something like that so I think you're getting good value at minus 130 now Carlos is a tough dude I mean I don't want to get it twisted that guy's, that guy's a tough dude he's well-rounded he knows what he's doing on the ground on the feet I just don't see that extra level that's going to be a threat to Bondar kind of anywhere so uh, I'm, I'm pretty high on Bondar in this fight and we'll see if he he lives up to the hype uh, he didn't in his first fight obviously a weird kind of situation there but I'm uh, I'm Bondar in this play and I'm actually I think that's pretty good value I, I think so too I mean look at his takedown average Almost 11 per 15 minutes. Obviously, it's a skewed number because it's not like he has a whole body of work to use because it's only UFC stats there. But I think he can get the takedowns, avoid the submissions. So do you. I think $7,900 in DraftKings is incredible. DraftKings makes no sense because Bondar has been the favorite this entire time. He was never an underdog. Did you double check that? I, these are all solid numbers here. But DraftKings priced him as an underdog, and I'll take it all day. This is not a typo either. This is the actual pricing 
in DraftKings. No, I double-checked it because I was like, this can't be right. Um, the actual pricing. So Bondar will be in my DraftKings lineup at $7,900. And if we get the takedown numbers out of him, we got out of the last fight, just don't break your arm. Should put up some solid score there. Do you agree? Yeah, what was the question? If you're going to put him in your lineup at $7,900. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. Yep. If you want to see what a perfect lineup looks like, you can use our optimizer at wewantpicks.com. It's going to go ahead and build lineups for you. It's pre-populated. Ownership projections, scoring projections. You click a few buttons. It'll spit out a lineup. It'll spit out 150 lineups. It's only $10 a month to unlock that and literally everything else. Wewantpicks.com. Just click become a member. $4.99 from Bub Collins. Bub says, Angelo, I used to critique your pronunciations of fighters. You've come a long way. Kudos. This $5 is for Jacob's move to Brazil. Yes! Obrigado! Obrigado! <laughs> yes! Thank you very much for the super chat. I feel like my pronunciations have come a lot. I used to, oh, it used to be bad. Remember I would say monster rat? Well, now you just drink Ruiz. a whole bunch and you just slur it so it sounds good. You say it fast so they don't notice. Let me just do this real quick. Flash, 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 flash. Here we go. Ah, there we go. There we go. Where were we? Here we go. What a tattoo, huh? You've got that same one. It's right there. He kind of, you know, it's kind of funny about this one is it looks like he was like, got the right side done. He was like, ah, man, that fucking nipple kind of hurt real bad. Let me, he kind of bitched out on that second nipple, it looks like. Unless it's just not done. I've heard they hurt, man. You got one around your nipple, right? Uh, How far is it? Uh, no. Mm. No. Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have Kyung Ho Kang taking on Christian Quinones. Kyung Ho Kang is 18-9 overall, 4-1 in his last five, coming off the very fun win over Dana Bagarai. Christian Quinones, 18-3 overall, 5-0 in his last five, coming off that quick win over Khalid Taha. And Kyung Ho Kang is a really well-rounded fighter. He uses range to keep you at distance when he wants, and then he'll use that exact same range to close the distance and work in some takedowns. He averages about two takedowns per fight. And once he gets you to the ground, he's got really heavy top pressure and submissions. He's coming off that win over Denab Bagarai where he went 0 for 2 on takedowns, but he had an insane jab that entire fight. He's taking on Christian Quinones. That dude has relentless forward pressure. He baits you into brawls, and then he'll look to grapple. His technique is not the cleanest, but he's just nonstop coming forward. And he's going to make up for that poor technique with just pressure and pace, his pace can actually be too much. We've seen him come forward nonstop, get a takedown, and then literally keep moving. He Instead of settling and keeping the position, locking in the takedown, racking up some control time, he'll just roll right through it. And now he's in a scramble. And then maybe he ends up on bottom. And he just needs to start to slow himself down. But this should be a really fun fight. Christian's clearly going to have the pressure, the pace. Kang's probably going to have the cleaner overall technique. If Kang pumps that jab out there the exact same way he did in his last fight, he could win this fight and he could look phenomenal doing it. I think, though, that this fight's ultimately going to come down to the wrestling. And I think the nonstop pace, the forward wrestling pressure of Quinones is going to get it done. I like Quinones. Uh, to win here, so he's going to be the pick. I was hoping for a one and a half round line, but we got a two and a half. Almost, there's only there's 14 fights on this card. Only two of them 
Only freaking two of them are one and a half. So I hate when I don't have one and a half to work with. But you're gonna play the over or under. I would have done the over on a one and a half. Um, but I do like Christian to win this fight. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I think that the this fight you're gonna be able to tell how this fight is going. I, I think in the first minute or two because. In my mind, I agree with the jab. I mean, that guy's got a very, very snappy jab. And against Dana, that that worked very, very well. And the thing that really worked in his favor, that could work in his favor in this fight, that didn't really deter Dana for some reason, is the leg kick. I mean, he was beating the absolute fuck out of Dana's leg. I mean, that thing was purple, (laughs) swollen. It looked fucking disgusting. And Dana was still marching forward. He needs to land early leg kicks to slow down the movement of Christian because Christian is just so side to side. And if he is if he is that fluid with his movement, that jab's not going to be there in my mind. I mean, with Dana, Dana was very basic, kind of stood in front of him. So boom, boom, that jab is going to work very, very well because that guy's very, very stationary. That jab is not going to work unless you slow the movement down on Christian. So he needs to land early, early leg kicks and hope they affect the movement of Christian, in my mind, to really have a chance in this fight because I believe he is just a little bit too technical against a guy so pressure and free flowing as a guy like Christian. So, I mean, this comes down to if he's able to land some heavy leg kicks, get some respect early, land that jab because he slowed down that movement a little bit, he can have some real success. He's got, oh my God, I'm a, it was like a snot thing that almost just came Ew. out. Of, I'm totally, I'm still, I'm, I'm working through this, man. Don't be fucking soft. I'm working through this. It like it literally is like bubbling up in my nose right now. You don't got to tell me, man. I did, oh, remember I had COVID two Christmases ago? Show didn't stop. I was filming over a break. There weren't even fights. You move, man. You I move. was sitting, I was sitting here with my cancer face, filming with stitches in. What do you mean? Really you like, still look like you have cancer. Well, like probably do i mean it could be what this is but yeah i think think it's going to be the movement of christian that's really going to affect kang in this matchup he's going to find the angles um necessary to land kind of the big shots and and hurt kang and maybe even find a finish in this fight but it's going to be the angles it's it's the side to side movement and that's what he did in his last fight uh against tafa to find that uh that big knockout and uh i think he finds the angles in this fight as well but if kang's able to land some early leg kicks it could it could change his uh 180, but I got to go Christian in this matchup. I uh, agree. So we're on the same page here. I think Christian at Quinones is going to get it done. That pressure, the pace, all of that. Um, and Kang's jab is nasty, but he's going to have to be jabbing down because I think Christian's going to be shooting. And uh, I disagree. You don't think he's going to shoot? You think he's going to he's gonna have fun time. in there. This guy's. This guy's going to be a hittable guy. Not a super dangerous guy. I don't think he's going to be worried about the return shots from Kang. I think he's going to be looking for another knockout. Um, and again, this line movement is interesting. Plus 155 to minus 162. The reason this week has such dramatic line movement and a lot of people aren't seeing that is because these are all bet online. And bet online is the first to market. At least on this card, they were the. But if absolute... nobody's able to get the lines, then what does the what does the opening lines mean? People are able. If you use bet online, you're able to get the lines. For like five seconds. I mean, those things move so fucking fast. Okay, we've gotten opening lines before, but anyway, that's I why I got some good lines dramatic... on uh, Amanda Hebas. By the way, but, UFC Jacksonville but next week. We've got wait, uh, on, Amanda Hebas and Tabitha Ricci. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I was at UFC 285. There's a picture of, of me and, and uh, Hebas right there. I watched both Ricci and, and Hebas in that fight. Actually, you know, I, I was watching he, uh, Ricci 
do some fist bumps after her fight. So I was like, oh my God, maybe I can meet Amanda Hebas after her fight. And then sure enough, after her fight, I go down, I take a picture, I have a nice conversation with her. This was the shirt I was wearing. Um, you guys didn't know um and it was a, a great situation after the fights me and her went out had a good time had dinner all sorts of good stuff i was like literally just waiting for you to mute me but you're just distracted i guess i'm responding to some so there's um so we simulcast to youtube and twitch and some dude who's on twitch is like you only have seven people watching why are you not answering my comments because twitch nobody watches but youtube we have 320 people watching right now so thank you very much that was, that was more, more important for you huh yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, anyway, you asked why is the opening line important if you can't get it? Well, depending on where you are, what you do, and how often you check, you know, every line you might be able to get or not Wait, get. Wait, what the fuck important. did this guy just say? Hold on. What? MMA Jesus 420. I, I see his name in here all the time. Rebus and Ricci will lose. Okay. We're not going to... We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> I am going to mute him. Um, but the reason that opening line is so important is because you get to see what happened. So maybe you didn't get that line because you're a normal human being that doesn't do this for a living and you checked when you have, when you're, it's convenient for you to check. But to know that, wow, the bookies thought that Kyung Ho Kang should be almost a two to one favorite. And then the sharks or the sharps with a P immediately hit that and run it down. That's important information to have. And then what happens after that point is also important. So Line Movement Tracker is available to you. WeWantPicks.com. It's only $10 a month for literally everything. Kyung Ho Kang, $7,400 in DraftKings. Quinones, $8,800 in DraftKings. I'm going to go Quinones at that $8,800 because I do think the pressure, the pace, there could potentially be a finish here as well. But both these guys are super tough and Kyung Ho Kang is an affordable $7,400. I will unmute you. Can you be a normal human being now? I have $2,000. Okay. Uh, actually, I'll unmute you for that because that is important. Go ahead. Don't you ever fucking mute me again. Oh, fuck off, turd. I have $2,000 real life money on a parlay with a man that he boss and Tabitha Ricci. It is called the Hibachi Parlay. It is trademarked. And it is placed, and I've never been so confident in my girls in my life. All right. Well, that's next week. This week, are you going to do Kyung Ho Kang or Kinyonis in your lineup? I know you like Kinyonis to win, but $8,800 seems kind of steep. Oh, he's going to light his ass up. He'll probably be in my lineup. All right. Well, there you go. Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have Jimmy Flick taking on Alessandro Costa. Jimmy Flick, 16-6 and six overall. Oh, shit, I fucked my notes up for this one again. Oh, my God, he can't even remember nothing. Let's see no, if he can do I, it off the dome. Let's see what he's got. This is a big no. moment here, people. By the you know way, I don't, I don't have from? nothing. For, I never have, everything I say is off the top of the dome. I just, whatever comes. I listen to my heart, everything. Let's see what Angel's got here. Uh, what I'm doing is I'm just on <laughs> one picks. <laughs> I'm on wewantpicks.com right now, and I'm just using the raw oh notes. Oh, my God. He found his own, He found the backup notes. Here well, we so I use a, I have a spreadsheet of every fight I've ever broken down, my thoughts while watching the fight live, the notes, all of that. And I do it before they set the bout order. Then they set the bout order. You don't order, even so want to try to just free ball it? Shut up. Um, no. So then I do it when they set the bout order, I, and I copy-paste a little too much. Anyway. Let's just try free next ball, up, man. 
Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we got Jimmy Flick taking on Alessandro Costa. Jimmy Flick 16 and 6 overall taking on Alessandro Costa 12 and 3 overall. Jimmy Are you trying? Flick. Are you trying right now? <laughs> I am not. Uh, Jimmy Flick came back after a couple of years away. He retired from MMA for years because it was like a strained relationship with his father or something to that effect. Mm, so he left that. He came back and he just got absolutely put out by Charles Johnson, but he is a grappler. He takes risks to get submissions. He's got solid takedowns. He averages a little more than two per fight. His striking is stiff. He does have a negative striking differential, but he uses it well to set up takedowns. And I mentioned he's coming off that loss to Charles Johnson. That was after a few years away two, I believe. And that fight on his feet, he didn't really have much to offer. You'll see that he got a takedown, but it was like an instant reversal. I'm surprised that even counted as a takedown on the scorecards. He's taken on Alessandro Costa. Alessandro Costa is a solid striker. He's got pretty good takedown defense himself. His striking style is just a high, tight guard, but he is very patient. He's going to wait. He's going to find his spots. When he finally takes his hands off his face and throws, he does it with 100% intent, and he does a really nice job of just working in small combinations. He'll leap in, leap in with a left to the body and then a right to the head. He's got insane power. He can be a little low volume, though. He's coming off that stoppage loss to Amir Albazi. But if you remember, that was a short notice call up and it did go quite a bit. I think Casa wins this fight. He's sitting at an almost three to one favorite here. The line sort of took off on him. Um, you know, if Jimmy Flick looks like he did in his last fight, then Costa should be a much larger favorite than he already is. Both of them are coming off of stoppage losses, but they were very different losses. Jimmy Flick was on his back, didn't have much to offer. Alessandro Costa was fighting. Short notice call-up, was out there against one of the top guys in the division who we just saw earn himself a title shot, controversial or not. So I think Alessandro Costa can absolutely dominate the striking, work in takedown defense, and win this fight. So he is going to be the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, Jimmy Flick, I'll give him, you know, respect where respect is due. If, if it goes to the ground, he's always going to be alive, you know, uh, off his back, you know, especially on top. If he gets on your back, he's always going to be live in those fights. But there was nothing in that Charles Johnson fight that looked like he wanted to be there. I mean, as soon as he was getting hit, it was like, oh, no. And they kind of mentioned that in the broadcast. I think it was Felder, maybe Cruz as well, that it seemed like it was like if you have not been in the training room getting hit, you have to condition your body to be getting hit. And some of those body shots and then the head shots, it was like this guy has not been hit in a while he did not react very favorable to getting hit and as soon as he was getting hit a lot he just kind of folded in that fight and it, you know coming off the retirement and the layoff and everything it, it seems to me like he's coming in he's collecting his check finishing off his contract doing what he needs to do maybe he'll be a free agent after that he can do what he needs to do but uh costa should have no issues in this fight obviously if he goes to the ground flick's gonna be live but i mean the breakdown is simple jimmy flick didn't seem like he was interested in anything in that last fight maybe he proves us wrong maybe he shows up surprises us but um it's gonna have to be on the ground to get it done and i don't think he has ways to get to the ground um and even if he does costa seems so uh, you know knowledgeable enough to stay safe enough to finish out rounds or get back to his feet and, and really punish flick so not much of a breakdown here um until jimmy flick proves that he was who he used to be i'm not bigging him yeah it'll be uh I, I agree with you it's a very short turnaround as well for flick i mean that that fight with Charles Johnson wasn't too long ago. Uh, didn't Let's have those too checks, much. Just keep those checks rolling in, baby. Didn't, didn't have too much to offer. But 
like I said, maybe he just needed to knock those cobwebs off, got it out of his system, and now we're good to go. But uh, I'm still on the Costa side. $9,400 is a lot of money to spend. But again, if this is anything like the last fight, then that may be worth it. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple super expensive fighters on this card. He's probably one of the better ones. And I assume you agree with that statement. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have him. I'm gonna have Blada, and I'm gonna have Armin in my lineup. Wow! And then just three empty slots. And I'm gonna fucking dominate. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, if you want to see all of our picks, our bets, the DraftKings optimizer, the detailed data and metrics, we have multiple spreadsheets loaded with data and metrics and they're interactive. You can sort, you can do all the bullshit that you do with a spreadsheet and find your own spots. Look at the data. Essentially, you can do your research on the website. We picks.com only $10 a month. And actually this comment from Dave Brune, he said, just popping in to say thanks for premium hits last week and gonna watch this show tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. Dave did one of the, the coolest. He's, a, he's an OG, man. He's a, been a supporter for a long time. He's a real one. He tagged me on Twitter because I guess somebody that he follows on Twitter breaks down fights, gives picks and bets and stuff like that. And that person said, I'm starting my own premium. I'm heading over to, it wasn't Patreon. It was something else for $12.95. And Dave was like, respectfully, love the stuff. But I can't justify spending $12 on you when I get that and 100 times more from We Want Picks. From when you get all so, this, baby. So he was like, good luck to you. appreciate it. It was the most respectful way to tell that guy. Throw it up. Like, Come on. Good luck, but no get thanks. Get the people what they want. I think I've already done it. But then also a nice tag and shout out for us. So Dave's a, just a true, true gentleman, especially in Twitter. Those are hard to come by. Joel Cook talking about a guy charges 50 bucks a month. There was a guy trolling us this past weekend charging $150 a month. It's insane what happens out there. That's honestly the reason that we have well over 2,000 members is because we're at the $10 price point not playing these games. $2 super chat from Matt R. Jake. You got lucky on that lock of the week. My lock of the week was Du Bronx. So I guess Jake is sm or Matt is smarter than you and I should replace you with Matt is the theme of this. Get him on. All right. Matty boy, let me know when you want your spot. Let's go ahead and move on. Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we have the featured prelim. We have Hani Barcelos taking on Miles Johns. Hani Barcelos 17 and four overall, two and three in his last five. He is coming off that knockout loss to Umar Nurmagomedov. Miles Johns is 13 and two overall, three and two in his last five. He's coming off that decision win over Vince Morales. And this is an interesting fight because Honey Barcelos, I have the wrong graphic. Oh man, I didn't do two of them. God, what a sloppy mess this is. Did you just fuck up? Did I, miss it? I don't have I don't have the Honey Barcelos, the original graphic with the flag and the DraftKings. So just the stats one. It's been a busy week. Anyway, do you have do you, do you have your notes? Oh, yeah, no, we're good. Oh, thank you. Oh, Jesus in, Christ. What I was about to say is oh, this is Oh, my God, what a disaster that would have been. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah, God oh, forbid Angelo oh, uses notes then, oh, breaking oh, down. And then Hani okay. was like, uh, with, was he fought uh, Umar, Umar, and then... Uh, uh, fucking okay. joke. Anyway, um, it's an interesting fight because Hani Barcelos 
is a well-rounded beast. We've been very high on him in the past. The guy has incredible striking. He's a five-time national Brazilian champion wrestler. He has very good jiu-jitsu. And he's just great everywhere. He's knocking people down. He's out striking people. He's out working people. He's out wrestling people. He's taking on Miles Johns. Miles Johns, a very good wrestler who found power in his hands, fell in love with the power. He stopped wrestling for a while there, but just recently in his last fight, he seemed to go back to his wrestling against Vince Morales, which you'd love to see. He's got big power in his hands as well. And this is a really interesting breakdown because Hani Barcelos is better than Miles John pretty much everywhere, right? You guys, five-time Brazilian national champion wrestler. The guy's phenomenal jiu-jitsu, very technical striker. He's better everywhere. Every single skill you need in MMA, Hani Barcelos is better. And that's not a dig on Miles Johns. Hani Barcelos, if he wasn't 36 years old, would have been fighting for a title at this point. But he is 36 years old. And he just got put out. Like, put out hard. And Miles Johns is a guy with big power. He does headhunt at times. If Miles Johns lands clean, then that's it. I mean, Honey Barcelos is 36, pretty uh, not a long enough time off, in my opinion, from that knockout till now. But the the reality is, Honey Barcelos is better everywhere, and I have to pick him to win. And I think the fact that he just got knocked out might actually help him because he may wrestle way more, right? He may just be shooting takedown after takedown after takedown because he doesn't trust his own chin. And Miles Johns may be headhunting even more than he normally does. So I like Hani Barcelos to get it done. I think skill for skill, he's better absolutely everywhere. And yes, he was just flatlined, but he's not like a guy that has been chinny over you know long periods of time. And Miles Johns may headhunt, and that may work against him. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Uh, yeah, the breakdown was pretty much everything I was going to say. I mean, Hani is the much. I mean, he's a better fighter. I mean, he's he's the much. Better fighter. The pick is Hani in this fight for for you know for most people. But the way that that dude got knocked the fuck out, and I'm telling you, that guy got knocked. I mean, he was unconscious on his back, not moving for like several minutes. At 36 years old, that is not a good situation. I think that was like six months ago too. Something crazy like that. And as you mentioned, Miles Johns does have power in his hands and he does he did kind of resort to his old ways in the last fight and I hope that he comes in honestly and just kind of throws wild I, I think that he needs to come in get in the pocket throw those heavy shots and test the chin early of honey let's see if that if he's able to respond off a big knockout because that's one of those I mean sometimes you talk about sometimes you just kind of lose your chin and you don't respond after getting knocked out and there's some knockouts that are like life changing knockouts that was like a life-changing, out-cold, I mean, just like frozen-type knockouts. And six months later, to, to fight a guy with power in his hands like Miles Johns is, in my situation, or in my opinion, is not a good situation for Hani to be in. So, Hani is the better fighter. He's probably, I, I wouldn't play him at minus 200, whatever the odds are right now. Um, I think that's a little bit aggressive for somebody who just got flatlined in the last fight against a guy that has power in his hands like Miles Johns. But if Miles Johns comes in and tries to out-technical Hani, he's going to lose. I mean, he's going to lose that fight. He's not going to get the takedowns he needs. He's going to lose his striking exchanges. I think he needs to get wild. I think he needs to be that guy that lost against Sexy Mexi. The reason he resorted back to the way that he used to fight was because Sexy Mexi came in, avoided the power, and was able to just kind of outwork him. 
But if he brings in that style that he fought Sexy Mexi with the big, wild shots, throwing big shots, because he did land a few shots against Sexy Mexi, but Sexy Mexi, as we know, is just absolutely tough as shit. Um, if he lands on Hani, let's test that chin, baby. And I'm, I, I, you know, it's not going to be a popular pick. I fully accept that Hani is the better fighter in this matchup. I'm thinking Miles Johns. I think he gets a little bit wild. He knows that dude just got knocked out. He gets, you know, I think he lands a shot. I, uh, I don't. I can't argue that, right? Because he did just get knocked out cold. But Hani is the better fighter, so I gotta, I gotta stick to my guns there. Um, somebody commented. Here's just a quick little thing. Somebody commented, "Younger fighters are 75 percent right now." I don't know if that's a true statement or not. But what we have working right now is we have a literal, a literal nuclear physicist who reached out saying, "I love what you guys are doing." Another one, because I am as well. Yep. I love what you guys are doing. This is what I do for a living. I've developed this tool. I want you to see it. And it's a tool for DraftKings. While we were talking, I'm like, hey, this, the AI, or, you know, this tool, the AI that's being used, blah, blah, blah. What if we just backed it up and used it for picks as well? So he's developing it now. I said, you know, let's just, let's just work on it. Let's get it to pick above a certain percentage. And then we'll start to tell people about it. We'll start to make it a thing and include it in premium and all that. The first thing he did, and I, I'm butchering the shit out of this, man. I don't know how this works. But the first thing he did to build this is he loaded it with statistics from every single UFC fight available, period. Right, he's got he built all sorts of scrapers, and he's got the data. He's pulled in data, striking data, age data, body metrics, all that from every single fight that exists on the internet. Pulled that down, loaded it into the AI, and then you he teaches the AI to say, "Oh, with just using the body metrics, make this decision." Then after that, then you say, "Okay, now using these metrics, make the decision." So I'm butchering the shit, having oversimplifying it. But I talked to him the other day and he said, only using body metrics, only using, or biometrics, sorry, only using age, stuff like that, it's already at 70% picking. And he said, if you did nothing else other than pick the younger fighter, you would be at 60%. So in the history of the UFC, the younger fighter wins 60% of the time. Then you add in reach, height, all those other things. So it's pretty interesting to see what happens. We'll release that. That'll be available for premium members um, at some point. But we're going to start a series where he just essentially starts walking you through building it. But that I can't believe you're still talking about this. That comment saying younger fighters win 75% of the time sort of triggered that thought. And, you know, here he's seven like that? years. He's seven years younger. What do you think here. about that? You're questioning my astrophysicist. All that. Angelo equals ass. No, congrats. You got a real uh, Corky from Life Goes On chart going on there. So congratulations on that, Jacob. Congratulations on that. Um, you want to bore people more with another fascinating story? You got something up, us, up your sleeve? Let's talk about some of your neighbors. You got a lot of neighbor here's, stories. Here's the difference. Yeah, because I have actual friends in real. Actually, you know what somebody commented? Don't get. Hey, Come, hey, hey. Become a premium member. A, $10 a we're month. We're just having a conversation. There's no need to get yeah. animated. So somebody comments. So anybody who doesn't know for the pay-per-views, I film. I just film my day. Whatever the hell the day is, Oh, you it did is. such we a good job a, with it last week, too. We turned into a vlog. It's this supposed past to be like Saturday, a fight vlog, and it turned into a, Here's a bunch of kids jumping in the pool. So 
that's what Saturday was, hanging out with people, drinking, watched a couple of fights, but frankly, I was a little too drunk to remember to keep filming. Oh, my God. But we enjoyed the That's fights. What... We enjoyed the day. Somebody commented. I went to 285 and filmed everything, put a nice little vlog together. Well, You're at home, is... have four seltzers, and can't even film. One of us is a uh, regular person. The other one is desperate for internet fame. You figure out which one is which. Well, it and, comes um, easy. And then um, somebody commented. It was like the dumbest thing. It was like, I couldn't imagine being a guest at your house, throwing a camera in somebody's face as soon as they walk in. Well, he also did mention, yeah, four, yeah, 40 years old. Yeah, I can't believe it's, being 40 years old. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. So you watch this whole thing and then went to the comments. It's like, get a life, dude. You, the fact that you woke up, watched this, and then were so compelled to comment that just says so much about you it's like jesus christ you saw a yard full of people having fun hanging out having drinks he couldn't even focus was, on the kids your takeaway was oh i'd hate to be your friend it's like well okay dumb dick angel's a fr good friend guys Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Guys, you want 50 bucks? You want to know how good of a friend I am? I'll give you 50 bucks. I will just give it to you. Oh, my God. We actually God. don't even need to be friends. The only thing you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners using our link, and I will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's that simple. $50. I mean, you were, you were very you adamant about before this 14 fights. If, if we start running over, I'm just going to fucking end the day. I can't even. I got a bedtime. My, C, my CPAP machine's almost out of batteries. I don't want to go get more batteries for the CPAP machine. And then you're telling quadratic formula stories, talking about this. Jesus Christ. Next up. At UFC Vegas 75, we have Nicholas Dalby taking on Muslim Salikov. Nicholas Dalby, 21-4 overall. 3-1-1 one one in his last five. He is coming off that close win over Warley Alves. He's taking on Muslim Salikov, 19-3 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off that KO win over the, now that we know, Chinny Andre Fialo. This will be another interesting fight. Muslim Salikov's solid striker. He hits very hard. He has wrestling in his back pocket if he needs it. He holds nothing back. Everything he does is significant. And he's got solid takedown defense. That's Dalby. Oh, that's who you're talking about. No, I'm talking about Salikov. Ah, you're just pulling um, the shit out of me. He's coming off that KO win over Andre Fialo where he did showcase that power as well as a whole bunch of spinning techniques. Nicholas Dalby has those weirdo breathing techniques that Jacob was just doing an impression of. You, you think he's going to pass out that he's like gassed. It's like almost like breathing into a paper bag. But that's just like whatever the hell weirdo breathing technique he does. He's a karate style striker. He stays mobile. Why? Because I went like that with my hands by my mouth. No, I was just kidding. There's a lot of like... A lot of like, oh, that's what Angelo sounds like all the time when he's eating the fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah. Insert here. Stairs. Doesn't yeah. matter, you know. I heard it's all the time. Those... If you guys listen to the background of every vlog, <laughs> are you filming? Just behind, just behind it. Anyway, Nicholas Dalby also has a traditional martial arts background. Good amount of power. He is hittable though. He gets about one takedown per fight, but like super at a thirty percent hit rate. He's a well-rounded guy. He's going to work hard, but he's not dangerous at all. And these are two guys that initially you're like, all right, Dalby's got to be the much younger guy. Let me go. You know, it's kind of a close fight. No, they're both old. Neither one of these guys are young. I think we've got 39 versus 38. 
they're both traditional martial artists, right? We have old school karate, old school, um, what's, what's Muslims? Uh, the Kung Fu. Yeah, Kung Fu techniques. And they both use those techniques, and it's very obvious in the cage that that's how they're fighting. I do have to go with Salikov here. I do think this is much closer to a 50-50 fight than these odds. I think uh, Muslim's a parlay buster, frankly, at these odds because Nicholas Dalby can come forward and can make something happen. Um, super close fight. I do think Muslim's going to get it done because he hits a little harder. He's got a little bit better wrestling, and I think he's just going to move a lot cleaner. So he's going to be the pick. What do you think, Jakey Boy, between the 38-year-old and the 39-year-old martial artists? Yeah, Dolby's a, an interesting guy because he is, I mean, he is just all volume, all pace, but people can slow him down. And it seems like anytime people want to slow him down, they're able to slow him down. If this was, if I knew that Muslim was going to come in and just kickbox the entire time because he is a, a Dagestani Russian that is a kickboxer. I mean, that's what he wants to do. He's a pure kickboxer. I think he's somebody's. I think one of the breakdowns or, or one of the uh, fights they said he's over. Got two hundred kickboxing matches, something like that, something crazy. He is a kickboxer at his core, but he has started to use his wrestling more. If I knew that he was not going to use his wrestling at, at all, I think this is a very very winnable fight for Dolby because I think he would be able to outpace, outpressure, get in the face, avoid the big shots, and really kind of work his the volume against a guy like Muslim who is more of the power, the big spinning stuff, the weird stuff, that type of stuff. But when people want to slow Dalby down, they are able to get to his legs, either pressure him against the fence, and then work takedowns, get him flat on his back, and he is susceptible to being controlled in those type of positions. And I've seen Muslim in his last few fights, and when things aren't really going his way, when he wants to kind of slow the pace down, when he's missing the big shots, he wants to catch a breath, he's able to get those takedowns because he does have that in his back pocket. So... Unfortunately for a guy like Nicholas W, it's fun to watch. It's wild to hear all that breathing and stuff. It sounds like he's about to pass out and die at any moment, but that's what he does to kind of pace himself. I just think that it's going to be a 50-50 fight. He's going to be working. You're going to see him have success, and then he's going to be on his back. And then the next round's going to start. He's going to be pushing. He's going to be pushing. He's going to have success, and then he's going to be back on his back, and then Muslim might land a big shot in between kind of those takedown attempts. So it's unfortunate. I don't feel great about it. You know, I don't think Muslim is a guy that's going to come in and just absolutely dominate, but I think he's going to do enough and have the timing and the takedowns to control and slow the fight down when he needs to. But if he comes in, and just tries to throw volume, and, or I mean throw the big shots, and tries to knock out Nicholas. I mean, there is there is definitely a world where Nicholas is able to kind of push the pace, push the pressure, wear him down, and, and, and win this fight. Or maybe even find like a late TKO with kind of those volume shots. But uh, it's unfortunate. I'll probably be rooting for Nicholas. Live stream. We might throw something on there. But uh, I think Muslim's You are going to live stream? The fuck kind of tone was that? I don't know what that means. Well, yesterday you were on death's door and couldn't film a quick peeks video, so I just didn't know where you were physically or mentally. It's been cloudy outside the last two days. I know that fucking sends you in a spiral. What is happening right now? Where Fuck I don't know where this is. I don't know why. Do you know, I, what, I don't, do you know what, I don't how know I got either. sick? <laughs> I don't know either. You know how I got sick? You're going to like this. I'm, well, I'm you pretty sure how, I got you sick. You know how you got sick? No. I'm pretty sure I know how I got sick. Do you want to break down this fight and then we'll finish this and then I'll tell All right, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DraftKings $7,000 I think this is a super close fight so while I have Muslim winning the value is probably Nicholas Dalby at $7,000 I mean that's an incredible price point 
for a guy that does have a path to victory, but I don't think I'm going to have either one of these guys in my lineup. We have 28 fighters to pick from. I'll look at somebody I'm a little more short on. What do you think of uh, DraftKings? Yeah, I don't, I don't like either one of these. I, I think yeah. Muslim at 92 is a little too expensive. Dolby's a durable guy. Um, he's a tough dude, and um, he's got that volume as well. So I think this is a, a stay away from both sides, probably. Yeah, I uh, I tend to agree with that statement. WeWantPicks.com. You unlock literally everything, including the safety parlay. Koala Analytics said this is a terrible card to parlay. I don't disagree, Koala. You know how hard it was for me to put together a safety parlay and oh, I had to do a mixed God. bag of money line and prop bet. Talk about being a pussy and crying. To make that happen, WeWantPicks.com. It's only $10 a month. You unlock everything, including that safety parlay, which is up eight units on the year, 20 units since we have been using it. Jakey boy, what was your story? Oh, how I got sick. Yeah, so the last like week and a half, maybe two weeks, something like that, every time I walk into my master bathroom, there was like some weird smell and I could not figure out. It wasn't all the time. It was like some part of the days and sometimes it wasn't. It was like this kind of weird smell going on that I could not figure it out. So last... um like last week on Sunday or Monday, something like that, I, I, I cleaned my entire bathroom. It's like there's something going on here where it's like something really smells in this situation. I could stinks. not figure it out. So I literally cleaned the entire thing. And after I cleaned it, I was like, oh, it must have just been like some disgusting, I don't know, puddle of whatever that was like just sitting there festering that I cleaned up because the smell went away. Next day, smell comes back. Couldn't figure it out. So then I was like, maybe because every time the air kicked on, I was, that's when I was smelling it more because there was like air circulating. So I was like, maybe there's something like in the vent. Like so maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's like mold in the vent or something. So I get up on my counter and I'm like trying to look in the vent, like smell in the vent because the air is on, but it's not coming from there. And then my exhaust fan, I'm like, I, I think it's coming from my exhaust fan that goes outside. Like you just on the fan yeah. on that exhaust outside. And then I'm listening and I can hear stuff in the exhaust fan and it's like birds or something. I take the exhaust fan cover up and I put my face there and go... And it's the most disgusting smell uh, in the entire world of, no, it, it's got to be bird. Like there's just birds living in the exhaust fan. And, and that was like on Wednesday, like Tuesday or Wednesday where I got this with, and then I like literally took an Amazon box. I'm like boarding up this fucking thing. So it's like hitting me in my face the rest of the day. Like my nose was hurting and stuff from this smell. I, I, Thursday also my throat starts hurting. I get sick. Listen, I am flu? a Hurricane Irma survivor. By the way, you left me, Hurricane Irma. You left me in Florida, Hurricane Irma. You were gone. You were texting me the next day. My house is destroyed. You're like, can you go check on my house? I'm trying to just survive in Florida. I'm a Hurricane <laughs> Irma survivor. I'm a black widow bite survivor. I got bit by black widow on my foot. Almost lost my foot. Survivor. I am a cancer survivor. I am a two-time COVID survivor. And now, if I make it out of this, I believe that I am a bird flu survivor i really believe that i'm a bird flu survivor because that hit me like a ton of fucking bricks i got sick over the weekend and we're trying to push through this thing man and and you survived multiple enemas as a kid well those are you survived bullying just intense bullying you survived Here comes this all, all sorts again. of stuff all sorts of stuff i agree you are a survivor a lot of other people would have checked out a while ago like looked in the mirror and be like no not not for me here i am this is not this is not what I signed up for. So congratulations on all your success. I'm glad that the two dollars that I donate to the Jimmy Fund end up with somebody like you. Well done. 
Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have Nicholas Mata taking on Manuel Torres. Nicholas Mata, 13-4 overall. 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off that knockout win over Cameron Van Camp. He's taking on Manuel Torres, 13-2 overall. 4-1 in his last five, and he is riding a four-fight stoppage streak. Nicholas Mata is a very good striker. He's explosive. He's athletic. He moves really well. He's got speed. He's diverse with his strikes. Solid takedown defense at 100%, and that allows him to be loose with his striking. He does a very good job being patient, but then pouring it on when he sees his opportunity. He's taking on Manuel Torres. This guy's well-rounded. He's dangerous striking. He's dangerous grappling. He isn't technical, but he does use knees from the clinch really well. And he loves throwing head kicks and leg kicks. He's a super long guy. And he uses his length really well. When he's grappling, he's using the long guy techniques. He's doing power guillotines, head knot, like just anything that can use these long limbs. He's using them. And he uses it striking as well. He doesn't have the greatest distance control, but if he gets that Muay Thai plum going, his hips are so far away and he just sends them right up the middle. So another pretty dangerous guy here. This is a good matchup. We got two solid prospects. Both of these guys are technically sound, willing to engage. I actually like Mata here. I think he's going to be the more powerful striker. I think he could have success avoiding that Muay Thai plum and getting some takedowns. Manuel's going to have the BJJ advantage, but getting it to the ground is going to be a really tall task, and we could potentially see some guard pulling or butt scooting from Manuel. So I'm going Nicholas Mata here. I think he gets it done. Solid underdog money. Uh, I haven't done anything with that just yet. What I was hoping to do is make myself a nice little parlay with this does not go the distance. But uh, for now, that line is locked. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I, <clears throat> Manuel Torres, I, I get it. You know, he's got he's got all the finishes. finishes. He's a, he's a well-rounded <laughs> fighter. Um, he looks the part. But when I'm watching this dude fight, Especially in the striking, I, I I think that he is a very very overrated striker. And the thing that that deters me the most in this fight is when he throws that right hand. When he throws that right hand and he loads up on that right hand, even when he throws it tight, but he tends to load it up because he wants to get those knockouts. He leaves himself exposed, and that chin is hanging. And you saw what happens when people do that against Nicholas Mata because Nicholas Mata. I'm a little bit biased. He is the man that destroyed my my ten fight lock of the week streak. He caught he fought Cameron Van Camp, Indiana's own Cameron Van Camp, and um, that dude was another tall guy, had power in his hands, wasn't as fast as Manuel Torres, but when he was throwing that right hand, he was leaving his chin up. Nicholas Mata made that read very very early. You saw him working to land that left hand. And when he landed that left hand, he means business with that left hand and dropped Van Camp. And I see the exact same thing happening here. Maybe Manuel comes in, knows the striking of, of, of Nicholas and goes to his grappling. I think he should. I think he should be shooting takedowns and try to work the ground game on Nicholas Mata because if he comes in and just high high and mighty, I'm going to get another knockout. I'm the guy. I mean, you could tell he's, he's very confident in himself, right? You could tell the way that he fights. He's a very confident guy. You can't touch me. I'm the guy. I'm the young kid. I'm knocking everywhere. All these first-round finishes. If he comes in and is throwing that right hand and he's holding that chin up, that left hand from Nicholas Mata is going to land exactly like it did against a Cameron Van Camp, and he is going to be put the fuck out. So this is going to come down to, is Manuel going to wrestle or is he going to try and strike with this guy? And if he tries to strike with this guy and he is throwing that right hand, Mata's going to land that left hand and, and knock him out. And I think he's going to come in, have that, that, that chest puffed out, think he's going to knock out the smaller guy in Mata. And he's going to get put out, man. I, I like Mata in this matchup. That left hand's going to be there. 
I'm surprised we are on the uh, the same side here. Um, but yeah, I like Nicholas Mata. I think Manuel Torres needs to get it to the ground, and his wrestling is not great. So we might see some real nerd stuff going on there to get it down. Um, Nicholas Mata, so far, his takedown defense has held up. It's not the largest sample size, but has not been taken down just yet. I am going to spend the $7,300 in DraftKings, especially when we got a couple of juiced favorites that should be able to get it done. I'm assuming you will as well. What, Mata? Yeah, in DraftKings. I don't know. $7,300. What the hell else could you want from somebody? All right, well, I don't care. Um, I do like the does not go the distance bet. Uh, it's, it's juiced. It's like minus two something right now, but... Once that opens for a parlay, Koala mentioned it's a hard card to parlay. That is a uh, that is a prop that you can parlay with some others. Find yourself a nice spot right now. Bet Online has it, but it is locked. But as soon as it's unlocked, I'll probably make something happen. If you want to see that, make sure you become a premium member because the very second we place bets, you get an alert through Discord. You get a, your your phone and go. Bzz, bzz. You look and you go, oh, Angela plays this bet. Oh, Jacob plays this bet. And then if you like it, great. You can hop on it before the line moves. If you don't, you put your phone back down and you get on with your day. WeWantPicks.com. It's only $10 a month. You unlock literally everything. Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we have Pat Sabatini taking on Lucas Almeida. Pat Sabatini, 17-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in his last five. He is coming off that quick knockout loss to Damon Jackson. He's taking on Lucas Almeida, 14-1 and one overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, and he is coming off his first UFC win. As we know, Pat Sabatini is a very dangerous grappler. He's got good wrestling, solid pressure on top. His grappling is incredible, and he is always live for a submission. He's got some technical striking, but he doesn't, he seems a little stiff, right? Doesn't really put it together super well, but he does have technical striking, uh, solid footwork, even though he's Stiff, if that makes sense, right? His feet are where they're supposed to be. His hands are where they're supposed to be, but he's not huh? fl flowing. He is averaging almost four takedowns per fight. He's coming off his first UFC loss, and that was to Damon Jackson. He was knocked out, but in fairness to Pat Sabatini, he almost didn't have time to do anything because Damon Jackson just came charging across, throwing hard, and then he caught him. But before that, we did see him get dropped and then pull off a wild heel hook. So against who? Is that in your notes? Jamal Emers. You could question his um, chin if you'd like. He's taking on Lucas Almeida. He's a very powerful striker. He loves throwing a heavy one too. He comes forward. He sets up a big right hand, and then he just looks for a finish. Right? He's going to march forward, throwing whatever the hell he needs to to find that finish. But he is aware enough to know that he is a striker and not a grappler. We've seen him multiple times end up on top whether it was a scramble situation or what have you, end up on top. And if things get a little dicey, he goes, nope, stands up, resets, and is happy to get back to his feet and fight. And I think that's what we see here. I think we see Lucas Almeida staying on the outside, throwing big, avoiding takedowns, avoiding strikes. The reality is Lucas Almeida's takedowns defense could use a little bit of work. And I do think Pat Sabatini getting knocked out the way he did is just going to make him double down or even triple down on the grappling and the wrestling. And I think he can get it done with the grappling, with the wrestling. I think he's going to come forward, shoot, shoot, shoot. He's got some actual takedowns. He's not a jujitsu nerd. And even when his brains get scrambled a little bit, he's still live, as we saw with Jamal Ever. So I do think Pat Sabatini wins. I I'm going to wait because we've seen him get hit. 
We've seen how what happens when he gets hit hard. Lucas hits hard. So the bet in all likelihood will be Lucas Almeida inside the distance decision, no action, because I think even oh, if he does wow. get taken down, I think even if he does get taken down, he can't. Wonder avoid where you got it. that idea. Well, I don't know. I said it on fucking Sunday, and you didn't place your bet till yesterday. So you tell me who had well, that idea first. Me, like the rest of the world, didn't watch any of your shit. So. Little, little baby bitch. Let's hear your breakdown. Listen. I gotta piss. Say your stupid shit while I piss. Alright, here we go. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Let's have some fun here. Listen, guys. There is nobody in the entire world. And everyone in the chat that's a, that's an OG We Want Picks fan knows that there was nobody in the entire world that was a bigger Pat Sabatini fan than me. He was my lock of the week. Even when he was a minus 200 favorite, he was my lock of the week. It didn't matter. No matter what he did, I said that this guy had the mentality and the abilities to become a future champion in the UFC. And I thought he was on the path to absolute greatness, to dominate the featherweight division and become a champion. And I was touting him the entire way. Let me tell you right now, I'm done. I'm done with him. I, I'm, I'm done with him. I, 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 cannot, I, I cannot do it with this guy anymore. I understand the grappling the grappling prowess that this guy possesses. I understand if he gets the takedowns, he hasn't really shown that he's like a, an absolute finisher. And he's, he's talked about trying to improve becoming a finisher, especially on the ground. But he has great, great control. I mean, his control in top position is absolutely insane. So I don't want to discredit his grappling at all. But this guy and that entire Henzo Gracie Philly camp uh, outside of Petrosky has made zero improvements in their striking. It is absolutely amazing in four years that this guy has not improved in my mind as a striker in these fights. And against a guy like Lucas Almeida, who throws strikes right down the pipe. He's not a big, powerful guy. There's not a lot of big, powerful featherweights that are just one punch knocking out people. But the way he is able to land accurately against a guy like Pat Sabatini, who has shown had to have chin issues. You don't need power. You need accuracy and Lucas Almeida is very accurate when he throws strikes right down the pipe and Pat Sabatini will hang out on the feet because I believe he does think that he is making striking improvements I'm sure in that camp they're like oh my god look at we're good we're hitting Mitch we're doing good I'm done with that camp completely I am biased you probably shouldn't listen to me if he gets the, the control he can probably win this fight I don't think he's gonna find submissions against a guy like Lucas Lucas is a black belt himself too he knows how to stay safe I love the inside the distance decision no action play for Lucas that's why I played it before Angel even mentioned it um, I mentioned it I think Sunday. excuse me and I think that Lu I think that Lucas is able to find the shot I mean I, I just cannot trust Pat Sabatini to this point I, I hope I'm I must uh, you know, if he comes in and gets the wrestling and the grappling and wins, you know, maybe we'll jump back on that train. But I am fully off to everyone's surprise, the Pat Sabatini train. And I'm going Lucas Almeida this week. I think he's the better striker and what could end up being a mostly striking matchup. All right. Well, you're really usually not on bottom. This is fun for me. Yeah, I'm going to switch it in a second. Don't you Don't you worry. You know um, what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. Usually I'm struggling to breathe, but... uh. I'm having fun up here. I uh, I uh, I hear where you're coming from. I give Pat a lot more credit for his striking than you will, um, and his takedowns are what's impressive to me. He's not just a jujitsu nerd desperately trying to get it to the ground. He will shoot real takedowns and outwork people to get it there. Um, Ninety-one hundred dollars in DraftKings does feel a little steep, um, but if he wins and it's all those takedowns, all that control time. 
He's going to score really, really well. $7,100, are you going to take that risk in your DraftKings? I think I might. All right. Well, congratulations to you. I did just place that bet, the inside the distance decision, no action bet. I threw 100 bucks on it, which is one unit. It is plus 100. Wow. What did you, what did you get a, it at? That's a big old, uh, big old. What did you get it at? Uh, plus 120. Well, and this is why premium members need to link their Discord. Because you would have seen it when Jacob placed it. You would have gotten at plus 120 if you like that bet. I don't advocate blindly tailing, but if you like a bet, you see it, and it makes sense to you, then that's why it's so important to link your Discord if you're a premium member. If you're not, it's only $10 a month. What are you waiting for? And here's a vouch. Revenant, $20 super chat says, I'm up 60 plus units over the last six events, and that's nowhere near the rest of some of the other WWP premium members. Join today, you won't regret it. Thanks, Angelo, Jacob, and the rest of the WWE crew. I mean, I'm going to sales WWE, pitch it. WWE, huh? WWP. I'm going to sales pitch it all the time because that's what I do and it's working. But, I mean, this is from the community themselves. Thank you very much, Revenant. Very generous of you and uh, really appreciate the kind words. And then we have a $2 super chat from Matt R. Opinion on Almeida inside the distance. Decision no action plus 120. Well, we both like it. And I did see that you posted that right before I went pee-pees. Hmm. Let's go ahead and put the world back in order. There we go. Everything makes sense again. Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we have Armin Petrosian taking on Christian Duncan. Armin Petrosian, 7-2 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He is coming off a decision win over A.J. Dobson. Christian Duncan, undefeated in his career. He's coming off a knockout win in his UFC debut. Christian Duncan is a high-pressure guy. He has seven finishes in eight fights. He's got multiple regional titles, and now he has a UFC win. He's a powerful striker. He comes forward with pressure, speed, and creativity. He throws anything and everything at his opponents. He has absolutely no regard with what comes back his way. He is coming off that knockout win over Dusko Todorovic where he needed only 14 strikes to get it done. He's taking on Armin Pedrosian. Armin Pedrosian is a professional kickboxer. At least he was a professional kickboxer. He can be a bit of a brawler at times. He does rely on his chin. He does not have the best takedown defense, but he has an incredible scramble and get-up skills. But he is going to come forward and just absolutely bomb away. He, too, just relies on that chin. So we got two guys that are going to slug it out in this fight. Yeah, what did you say about the Dusko fight? I uh, said he was taken down three times, but only gave up 49 seconds. of No, that was A.J. Dobson. Oh, uh, the win over Dusko Todorovic for Christian Duncan. He only needed 14 strikes to get it done. Why? Wow, yeah, it was a big, it was a big knockout, wasn't it? What is, what is happening? Did I screw something up? Is that where you're going with this? I mean, yeah, Dusko just blew out his knee, and that was the end of the fight. But he was coming forward and just absolutely blasting away. He got it done. And that's the point. He only needed two minutes. And the reason he blew out his knee is because he was checking those kicks. And I actually have that right here. Let's go ahead and talk about it. This should be a really fun fight. Christian Leroy Duncan probably should get it done because even though Armin isn't a ranked guy in the division, he is a skilled striker. He's not afraid to engage, so we're going to have a firefight here. I do think Christian wins, but I don't want him to go all in on an early knockout. Armin is tough, solid chin. 
Not crazy that he weathers this gnarly storm and then gets it done later. We haven't seen that yet out of Christian. He is uh, an affordable minus 145 right now. So I do think Christian gets it done. I think he's going to come forward, stay tough, and then get Armin backing up. But we know Armin's just going to bite and swing. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I almost see this exact same way as, uh, funny enough, as the Christian and Kang fight where Kang was kind of the more technical guy and Armin is probably the more technical type kickboxer in that in this matchup. But it's going to be the movement. I think in that fight, Christian is going to have the movement to find the angles on a guy like Kang who was a little bit more, you know, technical, a little bit more solid in his stance, and a little bit more stiff in the way that he goes about doing things. And I think this Christian is kind of the same way. When he fights, he is very, very fluid. He's a confident fighter, and everything is so... I mean, I keep using the word fluid, but I don't know. At this point, I mean, this breakdown is fucking so goddamn long. I'm dying here, but... Uh, I mean, he is the flu- I mean, he is a more fluid striker. I think he's going to be able to find the angles on the, the more technical strike of Armin. I mean, Armin is just like a... Seems like he's just kind of like a wired guy, the way he's just standing there, like... Da, 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 da. And, and Christian is just... Bah, bah, bah. I think he's going to find the angles and find the shots needed um, to really kind of hurt a, a, a technical striker in Armin. And I think that's how kind of simple this breakdown is. I, I like Christian as a prospect. I liked him. I really liked him in that Dushko fight because I think Dushko needed the takedowns. Um, I didn't think he was going to get them, and obviously that fight ended the way it ended, so you couldn't really tell um, what Christian was going to be. But uh, this is a great matchup for him, uh, a striking matchup, and I think he's able to get it done. I think he's a real uh, prospect, prospect, and CDL is uh, going to get this job done. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so too. A lot of people loving... Armin Petrosian here, which I get. He has a former professional kickboxer. He does have a chin, and he will brawl it out. But I think uh, I think he might have a little bit of trouble with sort of the pressure, the pace, and the fact that Christian Duncan's not going to back down. He will also swing away. So, yes. We're on the same page here. $8,600 in DraftKings seems a bit steep, but if you think he wins, and if you think he wins by finish, that's going to be well worth the money. You going to spend that money? What? Are you going to put Christian Duncan in your fucking DraftKings lineup? I'll tell you, I'm, I'm dying, man. The sickness, the bird flu is catching up to me. My nose is just like... We'll take an answer, though. I'll take an answer to the question. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't looked at it. be honest with you. Check back. Just you know, be honest with the people. Yeah, thanks so much. Next up, at UFC Vegas 75, we have Armin Sarukian taking on Joaquim Silva. I am not going to spend a ton of time on this one. Armin wins. Armin Sarukian, 19 and 3 overall. He's 4 1 in his last five. He is coming off the wrestle heavy win over Demir Ismagulov. And he's taking on Joaquim Silva, 12 and 3 overall, 2 and 3 in his last five. He's coming off that knockout win over Jimmy Flick. Armin's a minus 1,100 favorite, a minus 1,000 favorite, depending on the book. There's no reason to spend a ton of time on this. Armin should be able to dominate. He's got the wrestling. He should be able to avoid any submissions that Joaquim's going to hit him with. Like, uh, the the power shouldn't be that big of a deal, but Joaquim does hit like an absolute truck. He does have BJJ. I don't think any of that matters because he's going to be defending takedowns the entire time. Armin is a very obvious minus 1,000. The props are a bit juiced as well. You know, Joaquim, I, I mentioned, he is a very good BJJ guy. He's got very good hands, but he does like to strike more than grapple. I don't think any of that matters. I think this is just sort of a one-sided beating. We do have a one and a half round line, and that's a tricky line though, in my opinion, because Armin's been to decisions. So it's not like he's just ripping everybody's head off, but he is ripping a lot of people's heads off. So there's just, 
it's just tricky because Armin is definitely going to take Joaquim Silva down without question. And Joaquim does have that BJJ black belt. So he actually should be able to survive a little bit, but you know, he may just get Joel Alvarez and just get beat into what seems like retirement. But Armin Sarukin is the easy pick. I'll tell you right now, he is not in the safety parlay. I almost took the coward's way out and put him in the safety parlay. Like, hey, fuck it. It's called safety parlay, and he's the safest guy in this card, but it does nothing. A minus 1,000. You guys are definitely going to share us, share with us your betting slips when it's all said and done, and a bunch of you are going to have Armin in there. Minus 1,000 does nothing for you. It is not worth the risk for the extra $2. What do you think, Jakey Boy? Yeah, I'm not going to spend a lot of time either. I'm a, I'm a very obvious, if you guys know, follow my picks. I, I'm, I don't like Armin. There's something about Armin. I've picked against Armin in his last three fights. Um, I really thought that Demir was going to be the, finally the guy to expose him with the takedown defense. He actually defended more takedowns than Armin got. I think he defended 13 he of his takedowns or something like that. He looked good. Seven for 20. Yeah, he went seven oh, for go 21. Ahead. So he, yeah, go ahead and well, just he, step all over my fucking analysis. He defended 14 takedowns. Yeah, it's at 13, so it's pretty fucking close. You're going to be a miserable goblin. Go ahead. Anyway, um, but Armin's going to be the pig. I, I watch out for those knees. I think you said he knocked out Jimmy Flick, but it was Jesse Ronson. He timed that knee perfectly, and that. it seemed like it. Pretty sure you said Jimmy Flick. I didn't mention any knockout. You said coming off the knockout of Jimmy Flick when you're talking about Joaquin Silva because he knocked out Jesse oh, Ronson. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. so, yeah. He, went up all he knocked out Jimmy Crunson, and he looked fantastic in that fight. But it was a, it was a time. It was a, it was, it wasn't like a wild knee that he landed. It was a time knee because after he did, he pointed at his coach and was like, "You were right. It was there. It was ready." So I mean, look for something weird like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for something like that to land. I mean, he just did it. But Armin's, I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, Armin's a good fighter. He knows what he's doing. He's going to get the takedowns. He might get a finish. Um, and I can't wait for him to get exposed finally by somebody. <laughs> I don't know why I can't stand that guy. I just think I can't I don't, stand I, I think it all started with the Joel Alvarez. Because you were on the Joel side, like the rest of the goblins. Well, and then, and then he just beat that dude into retirement. And then Gamrot just absolutely beat the fucking piss out of him. That was a razor-thin fight. Dude. I mean, Gamrot absolutely a, embarrassed and exposed him. And then De my dude Demir was supposed to do the exact same thing and really dropped the ball. Would have sent Armin out of the UFC. Armin would be a PFL champion right now if Demir showed up. You know what's so funny? Somebody's going to think you're 100% serious right now, and it's just... I am 100% serious. That Armin would have been cut if he lost his last fight. If Demir, if the, the Demir I know showed up, he would have put uh -huh. Armin out of the UFC. Yeah, that's 100%. But guess what's happened? He spent nine minutes on his back after giving up seven takedowns. I'm going to spend the $9,800 on Armin. That's that, that's an insane price point, but he's an insane favorite, and uh, I think he's going to get it done. I, I, I think he does win by finish. If it was a two-and-a-half round line, I would do the under. Uh, even Armin inside the distance is not great odds. But um, I'll, I'll do the $9,800 because even if there's not a finish, that's a whole bunch of control time. You gonna spend the ninety eight hundred bucks, or you just hate him so much you're gonna spite your own lineup? I might spite my own lineup. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> and honestly, I have no reason. And when I say I like hate people, I mean because I know oh these are gonna end up on Twitter and Bill, the fighters might watch them and stuff like that. I don't actually hate people. Like I say, oh, I always say like I hate Bilal Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad's a great guy. He's a funny dude. I just hate the, his style of fighting. I just I just can't stand the style of fighting with 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 Armin. So I'm sure he's a great guy and, and whatever it is. So. I don't hate him as a person, but pass. <laughs> you are a cute goblin, says mm. Sting. 
Um, Whisper it in my ear. Jacob would need to have a girl first for Armin to take her away. Guys, if you want to become a that premium member. Twerp. Couldn't we handle want... the women that I'm with. <laughs> Couldn't we handle want... the fucking women. I'm, I'm dating women six foot three with Adam's yeah. apples. 380. <laughs> he couldn't handle those women. <laughs> Strong <laughs> ass women. Put your whole fucking hand around my neck. <laughs> well, we want picks.com. Become a premium member and maybe you will see pictures of those women. You beat me to it with the Adam's apple. Self-deprecating humor. Nobody better. Well, that's what years of getting bullied on the bus will do that Speaking of emotional Italians. <laughs> Next up at UFC Vegas 75, we have Marvin Vittori taking on Jared Cannonier. Marvin Vittori, 19-5 and five overall. 3-2 and two in his last five. Coming off the controversial win over Roman Delizze. He's taking on Jared Cannonier, 16-6 and six overall. 3-2 and two in his last five. Coming off that the split decision win over Sean Strickland. I'll tell you right now, neither one of these guys won their last fight. Right? So there's the even playing field for anybody saying Marvin sh- shouldn't have won. Neither one of these guys won their last fight. They both should have lost. The judges got it wrong. They were close, though. But anyway, Marvin Vittori is a grappler at his core, but he has developed striking over time. He's got a good set of takedowns. He's going to go body locks. He's going to do hit and run doubles. His striking continues to improve. He's gotten very comfortable trading with people. He's got a positive striking differential. He averages almost two takedowns per fight, and he has a 75% takedown defense. Since 2016, he has only lost to Izzy and Robert Whitaker. He's taken on Jared Cannonier, 16-6. and This guy has... A good-sized career with a ton of finishes and fights in multiple weight classes. He's come all the way down from heavyweight, and he's now just a giant man at middleweight. He's a powerful guy. He's incredibly dangerous. He switches from southpaw to orthodox. He throws kicks from both sides. He's got solid grappling defense, and he is massive for this division. He only has two takedowns in the UFC, but if he does somehow end up on top, he's got a ton of power and pressure. Jared Cannonier is a very, very dangerous man, but I don't know what he's going to do to Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori's head is built like a station wagon, so you're not going to knock this dude out. Marvin Vittori's going to be the better grappler. He's got great wrestling defense, good wrestling offense. Like, I don't know what Jared Cannonier is going to do here. If Marvin had a human chin, this would be a different situation, but he doesn't. So I think a takedown's off the table. Jared Cannonier can be low volume. Marvin Vittori is not. We only saw him getting... Yeah, he, he, Jacob mentioned he's an emotional time. He is emotional. When he fought Izzy the first time... <laughs> when he fought Izzy the first time... <laughs> you guys. When he fought Izzy the first time, it was a very close fight. A very close fight, their first fight. He could have won, frankly. The second time, he was emotional. And he would just... He and he wouldn't still wrestle. thought he won the fight. He wouldn't do what he was supposed to do because he was just so emotional. He's not going to be like that in this fight. Yes, a lot of people think he lost to Roman Delize. Well, a lot of people think Jared Cannonier lost to Sean Strickland. So, Marvin Vittori's going to win. I have a money line on him. Uh, I, I overpaid. I way overpaid for the money line. You're going to get him at minus 112. Again, I don't know how Jared Cannonier can win this fight. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, and I, I think the thing that we need to touch on kind of the most, which I think kind of sets these fighters apart, is, is the age. I mean, we mentioned the age gap before. You, we brought the quadratic equation into the uh, into the uh, 
I can't even Break fucking down. think at this point. I Hurry mean, up. holy shit. But uh, wait, you got to pee? You doing the potty dance? No, I you're you're melting. I mean, I look like you're doing the potty dance a little bit. No, you got pee pee? You got TT? Um, but I mean, Jared Cannonier is 39 years old. And obviously, he doesn't look like it. it. Doesn't look like he's really slowing down too much. But he is 39 years old. I mean, Melvin Vittori, 29 years old, still not even reaching the prime of his career. In his mind, he still thinks he can be the world champion. I think that's kind of left the Jared Cannonier. I don't. I think Jared Cannonier at this point realizes he's going to have to win probably two, maybe three more fights to get a title shot. At that point, he's going to be 42 years old. It's probably out of the picture. Marvin Vittori is still a confident guy. I mean, this guy believes that he beat Izzy twice. I mean, he thinks that he is a world champion caliber fighter. I think both these guys are not really top five guys. Marvin Torrey is not a guy that's going to be a world champion. His striking just isn't good enough against strikers. His wrestling isn't good enough against real wrestlers. You saw Robert Whitaker just absolutely handled didn't didn't have any issues with a guy like Marvin Vittori. But in this matchup, I think stylistically, it works really well for Marvin Vittori because Jaron Cannonier doesn't really have anything off. I, I, I completely agree with your breakdown. I When I broke this down, I thought, oh yeah, Marvin Vittori is probably going to be like a minus 175, maybe a minus 200. I might even still play value at minus 175 for a guy like Marvin Vittori because he can't really get knocked out. He's got rest. Wrestling. He's going to have the pace, he's going to have the pressure, and he's going to have the determination because he wants another title shot. He's going to have to win a few fights in a row to get it, but still 29 years old, hitting the prime of his career. He's still going to be improving where he is at in his career, and I think he comes forward, has the pressure, take cage control, maybe gets a takedown or two, and it's just all over Cannoneer for this entire fight. I don't think he's going to be able to find if he's not really a finisher. Maybe if he gets able to get a takedown, maybe there's a weird kind of Vittori submission, um, but you know, I, I think it's a Vittori play all the way. Maybe we look stupid in this. Maybe Cannoneer comes in, lands a big shot, hurts him, follows up with shots and it gets a finish or something weird but as far as a decision fight you know i, I kind of trust marvin vittori to come in push the pressure push the pace land the shots land the volume and then uh win this decision so i'm a kind of a marvin vittori play all the way honestly no i completely agree i mean uh obviously we're on the same page here i am surprised it's being bet down to a pick him i get jared cannonier is a dangerous dangerous guy but Marvin has proven to have an incredible chin. Jared Cannonier just had 25 minutes with Sean Strickland, who we saw get absolutely flatlined, right? We saw him get flatlined, and Jared Cannonier couldn't do anything like that to him. Marvin Vittori, we've never even seen him go cross-eyed for a half a second. I mean, his chin has held up. I imagine it'll still hold up, and I think that's Jared's only way to You can't get knocked out if you fight. live your life knocked out because he's a little bit, you know, those Italians. What about him? A little bit, something not right. Since they're wired, I mean they're they're wired a little bit different. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, we're both on the same side here. Eight thousand and eighty-two hundred in DraftKings. I'm going to spend the eight thousand. If you are on the Cannoneer side and you feel strongly, spend the eighty-two hundred bucks, man. That's a great price point for a guy as dangerous. Jared Cannoneer is the far more dangerous guy in this fight. It's not even close. But um, but yeah, we're on the same page here, Jakey boy. And this line continues to tighten. I imagine it's going to take back off, but we'll see what happens. The weigh-ins will be interesting to see what happens to the line movement because Jared's massive. So I imagine there'll be a, a face-off of the weigh-ins and some people will pop in and be like, oh, wow, look how big this guy is. And then go from there. Yeah, to determine, how, does Marvin have his head shaved again? And what is he looking like? That head shave Marvin is a, he's a different, I mean, that's a different dude. <laughs> I don't know. He's a handsome guy. I, they really, oh, wow. they, know, they know how to build them over there. They know how to build Head them over there. Head shaved Marvin is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, it's like you guys the guy know. in, uh, 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I don't remember. Yep. I've seen it. I don't remember it. Oh, what a great movie. I imagine. Guys, unlock the tools. It's not just about copy-paste bets. We've got tools. We have information. We have everything you need to build yourself winning tickets, winning DraftKings. Uh, the line movement tracker has identified a bunch of weirdo movement on this card. Five lines have fully flipped from underdog to favorite. 16 fighters have had 20% or more in their line movement. All of these odds are from Bet Online, and Bet Online for this card specifically was the very first book to put numbers on the board. So the line move is more dramatic than you may see on your book, but that's what's so important. You could see what Vegas thought and then what the Sharps thought. You're also going to get detailed data, metrics, analytics, literally 38 columns of that. There are people out there selling something that resembles this spreadsheet for $10. We're selling this with everything else for $10 and we're building a hub where you can go and do your own research. You could also tail our bets. You can build lineups. You can do all of those things and unlock the safety parlay. Up eight units this year alone, 20 units since we've been tracking. And while eight isn't the most dramatic number, that's almost one unit a month on just the safety parlay. And let's zoom in very quickly. A few of these times, we had a couple of drops some last-minute fight drops really reduced what the payouts would be. Only 0.2 units here, 0.3 units here. But when you it sound hits, like me talking about it is solid. I'm just explaining why it's eight units. No, and it's I get not, it. It's not just me and Jakey Boy. We got Artem here breaking down PFL, breaking down Bellator, LFA, and all the other cards. This week specifically, there is a Bellator and a PFL, and you can unlock his insight, his information, his bets, his leans for those as well as the UFC. And if you want 50 bucks, I'll send you 50 bucks. We want picks.com slash bet. Sign up, make a deposit. We will send you $50. What do you think? Jakey boy, any last words from you? Exciting lock of the week video tomorrow. Look out for that. We've got a, we've got a big one coming. There's a big, there's a storm coming. Oh boy. I tell you right now, so brother. <laughs> that was tough to do. <coughs> Okay, goodbye.